0: One thing I have admired about this business since the day that I stepped into it is your world could fall apart. Your personal world can fall apart. But when you work a station, you can fucking crush that thing and you can fucking annihilate a service and you can help your team and you can help the people around you and you can feel, at the end of that, accomplished.
1: Do you know why that is? This is what I mean. I'm having like. This is like mind blowing right now. That is like a perfect way to describe having an internal focus of control. Like you just said it. Your world could be falling apart. Yeah. But you have the ability. You can leverage the ability to focus on what's right in front of you. with And focus on what you can do. Not what you can't do. Or not focus on things you don't have control over, but what you can do and what's right in front of you, and feel accomplishment at the end of it. Are
2: we we live? We're never live, thank God. We are rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of Bang Gong Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, the, the producer formerly known as Nick Jimenez. I'm joined by... Uh, uh, Datemag.com publisher Petey the dog and chili Cook-Off champion and eighth grade basketball MVP Michael Beltran. Whoop, whoop. We are joined by guest Carlos Escanilla, mm. who is uh, apparently connected to everyone Mike and I have ever known. Everything from the time we were tiny babies. Tiny babies, uh, including John Falco. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> a Pancom Podcast Hall of Famer. To Who be put sure. him in the Hall of Fame? I'm putting him in the Hall of Fame. Shut up. I cool. you guys listen, have a Hall of Fame. He's done Podcast. He's done a blind tasting. Yeah. He was on the Dade Podcast sure. when that existed. Right. I mean, he's been in a bunch of things. He also was the first non-area host of a live Kong Podcast. I mean, sure. Sure. Listen, this is Hall of Fame material. He's Hall of Fame the way Charles Barkley's Hall of Fame. He never won a title, but he's got to be in there. I mean, yeah. he's on the ballot for me, for sure. He's
0: yeah. on the he's on the ballot. It's like, second or third ballot. I mean, he's like, he's fighting Danny Surfer for the ballot. Yeah. Cush is on the ballot. Yeah. <coughs> Maybe we should have a Panko Podcast Hall of Danny, Fame.
2: Danny Surfer, uh, and I'm sorry, Carlos, but we've, we've already taken this way away from your. From, no, it's uh, fine. Area. I'm enjoying Danny it. Danny Surfer, since I already called John Falco the Charles Barkley of our Hall of Fame. I think Danny Surfer's yo-yo tricks make him the Dominique Wilkins. He's the human. He's the human <laughs> highlight reel. I was he, gonna say Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah, because he, he he's the yeah. uh, polar opposite, right? Oh, okay. Short yeah. and squatty, and uh, tall, I'm lanky. He's got the flash. He's got that Dominique Wilkins yeah, flash with the tricks. Sure, that's
0: true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince Carter.
2: So anyway, these Carlos, are great references. Carlos is, aside from being a, a, a psychiatrist, is that correct? Psychologist. Psychologist, yeah. I'm sorry. That's why I said, is that correct? Because I always <laughs> conflate those things. Just Nick fucking things so up I know, already. Super fun- <laughs> and we can get into where your specialities are all right. and all that stuff. Psychologist, also, you are a musician. Yes. And as we've covered before, uh, this is where I'll, I'll stop the description of your musicianship. God. But to make it relevant to the podcast, you were the first musician to play uh, at Lincoln's Beard, which is owned by... John Falco first so ballot first perhaps, ballot that's right first ballot Hall of Famer John Falco. yeah <laughs> uh, so I'll leave it there I'm sure that the two of you will have all kinds of things to talk about uh, I'm just gonna preface the whole thing by saying you know um, I'm glad that we have you on because mental health has been a thing that has come up so often over mm. the course of this podcast and that's part of why you reached out to me I think yes this was a long time ago um, and so I think it's great that we're finally having Uh, we don't have to only talk about that, of course, but that we can talk about that with somebody who's, like, kind of qualified instead of the two of us idiots talking. I mean, actually, someone qualified. We're
0: not qualified to talk about absolutely fucking fuck all, actually. (laughs) We actually, like, before we actually get into things that matter, I'd like to point out uh, the only reason that this is being recorded because we actually got here to our little new studio that Nick likes to keep. And Nick, the producer that is in charge of all the things, forgot the microphones to actually record this episode i
2: left them in my in the backseat of my car two <laughs> seconds away All
0: right, i would just like to say uh belen class of 2005 and i'll never forget it because nick wears his shirt at least four times a week <laughs> it, you know sure we'll tell everyone that story but anyways um thanks for doing this of course man it's a pleasure to be here yeah man so before we get into like heavier subjects and i was just asking you uh born in chile
1: Yep, Santiago, Chile.
0: Right, and came to Miami when you were one. Yep, I was brought here when I was one. So, you're like a Miami person. You're born and raised in Miami, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially. Yeah. Um, High school, you told me you went to Killian and Westminster. That's correct. So, what actually got you to,
1: before we go into, like, the career career, like music? Mm -hmm. Oh, the music thing? Yeah. Oh, man. Um... I would say that there was, uh, it was the summer of my uh, between seventh and eighth grade, hmm. and my parents, small business owners, uh, going through a rough one at the time. What could, do they own if you don't mind Of A Chilean furniture store. Okay, cool. out on. They started out at the Bakery Center before it became Sunset Place. Dude, I
0: was – it's so funny you mentioned that because I was like – someone said Sunset Place and I'm like, yeah, Bakery Center. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, oh. Oh, no.
3: I feel so old, dude.
0: <laughs> like I used to watch double features at the Bakery Center. I like remember when Beethoven 1 and 2 was a thing. <laughs> and like my yes. only connection to my dad was like, I'll take you to fucking double features so we don't For have it. to talk. So like we'll <laughs> just go here. And I that's – I remember that, man. Yeah. And they used to have like um, in front of the movie theater they would have like – I don't know, someone that's set up to sell, like, baseball cards and football cards and shit. That's right. I remember that. Right in the front. And I used to collect. I still have them all. And I, I just – I have so, so many good memories from Bakery Center and, like, none from Sunset Place. Right. <laughs> like, none same. Like none same. Yeah.
1: I mean, that was, like, going there after school to the store and then just walking around South Miami. Mm-hmm. Just, that was, like – that's, what, like, one of my best memories. Sure. You know, from growing up. Um, so there was, um, and then eventually they had their store over on uh, close to Lincoln's actually in, oh, yeah. in that district there. The Bird Road, what's called now the Bird Road Art District, right? Uh, um, everything's an art district, right? Now, everything's but <laughs> where,
0: where, where on Bird Road because I grew up roundabout there,
1: yeah. Uh, off of Bird and 72nd Avenue, right? There's like these like warehouse, uh, yes. the warehouse district, but there's stores a lot. There's yeah. some furniture stores. Eventually, they moved there, uh, so. Yeah, they were going through a rough one at the time. They really couldn't put me anywhere for like summer or anything like that, like any summer camp or anything like that. And I always loved music. I was already becoming a huge I was always a fan of music. I mean I was like singing in the back seat of the car. What since was the I was first like thing five. you were singing when you were a kid? The first thing I was singing when I was a kid was um Easy by the Commodores or Lionel Richie. Yeah. As a singer, but it was by cool. the Commodores. Yeah, love that. Yeah, and then the Bee Gees. My dad was a huge Bee Gees fan. Really? So, I I think my dad likes to take credit for, for some stuff, and he's like, you know, you got your falsetto because you listen to a lot of Bee Gees, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? You're probably fucking right. You're right because I it spent years of like, you know, just in the back of the car, just trying to like match the. The note you know just right. trying to match the key and the bgs i mean they got they got pretty high up there yeah and i was a kid so it was easier but uh, i got to keep that part of my voice which was pretty cool so here i am grown man 42 years old and i could still hit those you know Jeez. you know it's like God bless you sir you know and it's like woof like all right like I, and my dad's like you motherfucker you, yeah. you know um i so I, I was always into music and now it was that summer my mom I used to play guitar. There was a guitar and like some closet oh, cool. in the house and I just picked it up and I literally just started playing and just started matching and no, no classes, nothing like right. that. Just went learning as I went along and tried to match and, uh, played and played and played and that was just, this became my life. And then around 15, I started matching the rhythm of the guitar with the ability to sing and then singing and playing and making that combination happen.
2: So yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing, man. Like it was cool. This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by The Barrel. If you're listening to this podcast regularly, you already heard ads for The Barrel that we recorded at Mike's very weird uh, living room table. We are now in a much nicer studio setup at The Barrel uh, HQ with Chef Danny Boza. Which, if you follow barrels, uh, the barrels Instagram and all that. You know him well from that. Uh, Danny, tell us what is it that sets this apart? What is it that sets the barrel apart feature-wise, attachment-wise from the rest of the pack?
4: All right. So the barrel basically is is a traditional South American style roaster. All right. So it has three functions in one, which is amazing. It's a, it's a grill that converts into a roaster as well as converts it to a smoker. The main function of this is the fact that we're talking indirect heat, all right? So indirect heat means that the uh, food is cooking not directly over the fire. Now, direct cooking means you put a steak on a barbecue, fat renders, obviously it creates a flare up and you burn your steak. In this aspect, since it's a grill or slash roaster, you know, you have it, all the meat hangs around the outside. So there's, you know, the heat source, which is our hardwood lump charcoal, uh, is actually in the middle in which everything hangs around the outside of it, rendering the fat in a, in a faster process uh, than when you would do on a, you know, direct cooking grill.
2: Got it. And in terms of the uh, attachments, I know that we just actually loaded uh, a little bit of a loner barrel into my car, and there's a lot of stuff that you can mess with. Talk a bit about some of the, the pieces Correct. that we can use here.
4: So we have a multi-use tower that can be used from anything from cooking provoleta cheese all the way down to any type of vegetable, any type of fish we roast fish in this all the time some of the salmon comes out like a cracker we have a you know a a, another tower that hangs specifically for sausages hot dogs ears of corn anything with a long base where it can just really get charred and succumb to all that beautiful beautiful flavor Um, and then you know we have another which is my favorite it's the actual beer can chicken attachment where you fill it up in the center with beer or wine or whatever you want to flavor your chicken with or turkey. Now that Thanksgiving is coming up. Yeah. And you can slide it over and, uh, you know, roast it on a slow, slower basis.
2: Nice. If people want to learn more about the Barrel, where do they go? How do they get that information?
4: I would say head to our Instagram page, because which is at Barrel the BBQ, because it has all our links there. You can find out pretty much any promotions, any, uh, you know, Black Friday deals coming up, any information, any specs about the Barrel. Uh, You know, any events that we're doing as well as the functionality of it and, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to purchase one, you can also go to BarrelTheBBQ.com forward slash order.
2: That's right. If you are uh, in the elite class of people that listens to PANKong podcast, you can use promo code PANCON10, 10 for $100 off of the barrel. You can experience all this uh, pork machine, fish cracker action. For yourself at a $100 discount. So you're welcome for that. (laughs) I love it. This episode of Pancom Podcast is also brought to you by Elite Impact Windows. Elite Impact Windows does exactly what it sounds like they do. They are purveyors of impact windows. That's the kind that especially if you're in a hurricane-prone sort of area, you want so stuff doesn't come flying through your windows. Mike, you have impact windows on some of your restaurants.
0: Listen, I heard a rumor. Tell me if this is true. Are all their products tested to go up to 185 mile per
2: hour wind pressures? That is how their products are tested. That's all their products are tested to meet that. I don't know. I've never been out in 185 mile per hour wind. But if I were, I think I might want to wear some of these windows as like a suit.
0: I feel safer already just thinking about it. if I was walking around in that kind of wind and I was wrapped around with their just windows just wrapped around me, I'd yeah. feel like a much safer person. Yeah, you should put them on your caddy. I, mm, you know, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> But I, and I also heard
2: that they meet all the requirements of Miami-Dade County. They do meet all the requirements of Miami-Dade County. Fuck me, that's amazing. EliteImpactGlass.com or on Facebook, Elite Impact Windows, Instagram, Elite Impact Glass. They are proud partners with Eco Windows, CGI, and Windor. One of the things I really appreciate about them and their company
0: is that all their products are made locally here in South Florida. And fuck me, that's amazing. Look at this.
2: They are all made here in South Florida. Did you do your research? Man, I did not do the research. Somebody didn't show up ready. They have competitive pricing with totally 0% financing available. I mean, I don't know. If you have credit like mine, you might not get 0% financing, but <laughs> it may be an option. It's possible that that's an option for you. 0% financing. I don't know exactly how that works. Whatever the case, if you go on the website, you ask for a quote, and you mention Bang Kong Podcast, you will get... 10% off of your installation. And I don't
0: know if you guys have ever installed windows before, but 10% off of window installation, that's a good
2: fucking deal. And you know what? You got it here first on Pancom Podcast. That's right. Mention Pancom Podcast again. It's EliteImpactGlass.com or Elite Impact Windows on Facebook, Elite Impact Glass on Instagram. By the way, you mentioned restaurants. They do do... They, com- do, they, do, do do do, they do do commercial <laughs> properties. So whether it's for your home or your business, do, if you need do, a lead impact glass do, do, to put, do, uh, you know all that do do um, and do the things that they do do so well. Yeah. Uh, you wanna you wanna get in and on that.
0: Also, this company very woke very woke they also offer solar power systems with
2: backup batteries and custom generators for your home you know
0: why cuz they're woke
2: I, I don't know if that's a positive thing these days to be woke but what? you know but it's it's nice i mean sounds you know, good it sounds good to me that there's solar power involved i'm into it generators solar power impact glass uh, if you go to their website they got a video that shows off like a home that has all of that stuff going on at one time which is pretty wild, that's pretty um, wild. a lot of panels a lot of glass a lot of things Pretty soon, we are going to get our hands on a uh, at least one pane of impact glass. I'm ready, and we're going to try to break it. I'm ready. I don't know what the procedure will be, uh, <laughs> but our but Mike's breath will have a blast <laughs> of freshness from that Banaka you just heard. I like the I like this a for binaca, the podcast. a really Banaka
0: blast at last. Fast
2: blast banaka. I just want everybody to know. Uh, and apologies to Elite Impact Glass because uh, this uh, I don't want this to sound like an ad for Banaka, but. In the time that we've been sitting here to record this ad, Mike has blasted himself with Banaka like five times. Twice. I don't around. know, man. Twice. I don't know. Come on. Twice. Elite Impact Glass. Thanks to our sponsor. Thanks. Go go get your windows from Go home. go get go get those windows.
0: Um I actually did do give my my dad credit for uh some of my music tastes, because like I was telling you before we're recording, like I love like very old stuff, like 50s, 60s, 70s. And my dad, as square as he is, he used to love like The Temptations and yes. Martin Gay and Al Green and Benny More and like stuff like that. Yes. And he would play it. And I was like, man, it, this is like really amazing stuff. And then I have an older sister and then she introduced me to a whole other spectrum of music. You know, what we consider old-school hip-hop back then was not old-school hip-hop. It was just hip-hop, right? And just rock and roll that I had never heard because, I mean, the age difference is almost 10 years. So it was, I mean, like I'm a 10-year-old kid and I'm listening to Snoop, you know, and I had the cassette and, like, (laughs) no one else is, like, even knows what that is. And it's just, like, stuff like that. It's incredible how it, like, shapes the human being you end up being and, like, the likes that you have because music is really what you do on your time off. You know, like, I listen to music all the time, especially at work, but, you know, like, you listen to music to, like, decompress, you listen to music to, like, let go, you go to a show, because that's, like, what you consider um, an experience or a good time or whatever it may be. So, I feel like music is such an integral part to, like, day-to-day life yeah. that I think a lot of people that aren't into music don't really get it, you know? I agree. Um, but also, on top of that, I'm so, like, musically not inclined Right so, like I've yeah. tried to pick up a guitar, I've tried to pick up the harmonica and so many things, and I just can't do it and that's I feel like that's why I have such a love and respect for it because I'm just like
1: I cook for a living that's cool I mean the the creative registers you know it's right like, it's like you pointed that creativity you know to to the culinary the culinary you know piece of it, which is amazing by the way I mean True. I got to tell you because you know the same way you feel about somebody who plays music, I feel about Somebody who's in your line of work. I right. mean, that's how I, I'm like in awe because you I mean you talk. I mean, I can I can scramble eggs really well. Aside from that, you know, I'm kind of fucked. So yeah. so you know, It's like, still an art though. Yeah, well, scrambling eggs ain't but, easy. But no, I see what you guys do and the way that you guys do it. I mean, I, I you know, I was telling um, I was telling like the story that my wife came home with the croquetas from Chugs. Uh, Chugs. Yeah, and she's like, you have. To, I'm a huge croquetas fan, and she's like, you know, that her. Her boss had gotten them for the office and she's like, we need to save a couple for Carlos." And she came home and she's like, you need to try this. And here we are. Like I'm, I'm eating them and I was like, I devoured them. This is like amazing. So, yeah. I was, and so <laughs> she's like, so what's this podcast? You know, and I've been listening to you guys for a while. And I said, let me explain. And, you know, we we looked you up. And then I was like, wait a minute. Isn't this? And she's like, "Yep, that's the fucking place of the girl." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "That's really cool." She's like, "Yeah, it's really cool." Like, that's tell him he's a genius. Oh no, <laughs> the team. The team is the
0: genius. <laughs> Honestly, like those, <laughs> I, I have learned. There's like different forms of cooking, right? Yeah. There's, um, like all three of our straight up restaurant outlets are very different. Like Arietta's fine dining, Nave's casual fine dining and it's got more of like a seafood vibe and chugs is like an everyday dining experience and it's things like croquetas are so tough because people are so personal about them yep they're so like um well this is my favorite and this is my and that's cool and i love that and i like i have my favorite croqueta too you know and i have like the ones that i enjoy the most and then i have the three that we make you know but those are more like collaborative efforts of like how can we do these and we're doing, like, fucking 500 a day. <laughs> Shit. How do we make them good every single time? Right. It's part of the challenge. And it's a challenge that I've never met before, you know? Right. Because for you to say that, I love that. Because it means, like, we're getting to a place where we would like to be. Because I don't feel like we're there yet. Mm-hmm. But we're getting there. Yeah. You know? And it's, like, this slow and steady, like, we just need to fine-tune the things so we can nail it. Exactly. You know? Because, I don't know, I feel like croquetas, pastelitos um empanadas coffee for hispanics it's such a personal thing <laughs> it's guess. like it's just like how it is in the south with their biscuits like that's how it is for us yep we just have like they have their biscuits and they have other things too but we have croquetas and pastelitos that's what we have
1: yep so how do we make them like that everyone loves them all the time it's tough you're doing a hell of a job man thank you i appreciate it oh yeah Dude, yeah i was uh Yeah, so that's, you know, the same – I've always found it fascinating how, you know, for me, people who can, you know, cook, people who can draw, people who can paint. Right. And I'm just enamored by it. Same, people that can write. Right, yes, people that can write, right? It's like, oh my gosh, man, like that's just amazing. And then, you know, and of course, you know, you have that like – I don't know if – I wouldn't call it imposter syndrome, but you have like this like almost – I think a lot of artists have like a self-deprecating like nature for sure. where it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a local musician that, you know, whatever, like, but these guys, what these guys are doing, yeah. you should, you know, my wife's always like, why do you, why the fuck do you, like, you know, you've been playing music every weekend in Miami for the last 14 years. Like, yeah, why, a, why? That's amazing. And you're still like, oh, you know, I'm just, a, you know, whatever. You know, it's just But funny. I think like as a
0: society, especially in today's world, right? Like, I feel like we're in that bridge gap of age that it's like, I think the kids that are 20 years younger than us are going to live a very different life when they're our age. Sure. Because we kind of live it like, Well, look at what that person does compared to what we do, but they live it like very viscerally. Yes. Like it is all they know. Right. For us, it's kind of like, you know, we do, I, I do what I do and I'm very happy doing what I do. And like, Oh look, that person's doing something cool. Like cool. This is still what I do. It's a very different world, right? Yes. And that imposter syndrome and like kind of like always judging yourself. Mm. And as an artist, I feel like it's very, it's tough. Oh yeah, it's tough because you want to be like, what's the blueprint to say that you're successful as an artist? Hmm. There is none. That you have
1: to create it. You are the creator of that. Yeah, you you have to understand where you're at, where and that there's the existential part where you thought you were going to be. Where you're at, and then like try to point like or narrow down. Are you happy with your where you're at, do you, or do you want to pursue more, or when is when is it enough? You know, what right? I mean? So, you know, I, I've you know I've been to the, you know the the Sony conference room. I've I've been to you know I've I've met people, and when you realize like the kind of business music is, and you're like, okay, wait a minute, if I can. Live a life, especially the way mu- the music industry is now. Oh, forget! Where it, you know before a band, a, a, you know, like a well, na- like a well, you know, established band would have to tour three months, four months out of the year. Now bands, in order to make ends meet, they have to tour like eight months out of the year. Yeah. And when you're by nature this person that's a homebody, wants to have a family, you know, and I, I say, wait a minute. So I get to have a career that I love. I get to play music. I get to perform music every weekend. I don't have to, you know, deal with with fame because that's awkward to me. Like the idea of not being able to go somewhere and, like, Ugh. you know, like you know, not and not be recognized. I mean, that that kind of like creeps me out. Not yeah. being a tour bus for eight months out of the year, so I can get to play music, do it the way I want to do it, and do it frequently, and yet still show up for my kids, still show up for my wife, still show up, you know, for for everything else in my life. Hell yeah, and that, so that to me is success. Yeah, that's what I. But I had to go through a series of an exist, not a crisis, but like an existential kind of exploration. Sure. Of like, okay, wait a minute. So no, like you know, I you know, you play a gig and people are like, man, how have you not been discovered? Right. That's how have you not how are you how are you not famous? And in, in my head, well, I, I kind of laugh it off outwardly. Oh, yeah, I know. Whatever, you know. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Great. In my head, I'm going, yeah, I – the conversations I've had and learning about the music industry, this is exactly where I want to be. Period. So,
0: yeah. You're a grown-up. You're put together and you've had like this conversation with yourself. Yeah. Right? I think in today's world, especially – the younger generation is going to have a hard time having that conversation with themselves.
1: Oh, yeah. I because, agree with you on that.
0: Because nothing is like looking in the mirror and saying like, what is it that I want? Not what the world wants me to be. Ah. What is it that I want? Right. Like, uh, And I think there's a lot in the statement, like people may think I'm crazy, but think outside of yourself and look at yourself yeah. and say, who are you? What are the things that you believe that you are and fuck all the noise because there's so much noise
1: it really is man for a
0: younger generation i think it's a lot more than for people around our age
1: sure right like
0: absolutely um because i feel like people more around our age are more like fuck it yeah we're cool doing what we do and being happy with what we do It's an interesting perspective, right? Like Yeah. So Kanye West, which is not my favorite artist, but um he had a couple of tracks that he sampled Otis Redding and Paul McCartney, right? Yeah. And I remember reading articles saying like how kids were like so nice for Kanye to give so and so an opportunity and so and so an opportunity. Paul McCartney and Otis Redding. <laughs> two of the most <laughs> historic musicians of all time. Yeah. Very different genres, very different things. But, I mean, Otis Redding is one of the most influential musicians of all time. And same thing with Paul McCartney and what they did collectively and him on his own. And it's like they just don't get it, right? Because it's everything about the now. It's not about understanding the past, the present, and the future. It's about, like, how does it apply to the right now?
1: Right. And
0: I find it very interesting because, like, how many kids do you have?
1: I have two. Congrats. Two boys, 14 and 12.
0: Ah, wow. grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> grown-ups. My, my
1: 14-year-old is 6'1, 180 pounds. It's no crazy. Shit. Yeah, 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 Six, one. yeah. He's yeah, Taller yeah.
0: than me. I'm not very tall though. So <laughs> that's cool. um, so it's very interesting to me like and and I'm not a parent and like I like how how you almost mold a younger generation to feel and think differently because there's so much outside pressure
1: to be a certain way. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's the, that's I mean, they're the in question, high school, right? 14, he's in high school? Yeah, he's in high school. The other one's in middle school. I, I think that the main thing that I've always tried to instill in them is making sure they understand the difference between an external focus of control and an internal focus of control and being very careful what you tie your worth to. Sure. Okay. So that's a th- big one. Yeah. That's those are the two because everything else is just all, everything's going to go changing, you know. It's it was, you know, uh, you know, Facebook and then it was Instagram, Snapchat, It was TikTok. MySpace first. MySpace first. Oh, we can't forget MySpace. We can't Tom, We all learned we coding. Can have, I can't wait,
0: Tom, if you're out there, I want you on this podcast. I know you're listening, probably not, <laughs> but
1: you know, I need you on this podcast. Thank you for teaching me how to code. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the day, I had to make sure that picture really got loaded up there. (laughs) Man, that's uh, you know it. Those things are going to go changing. That part, you know, and I mean, we've seen more change in technology in the last fifteen years than the fifty prior to that. So, you know, it's it's moving so fast. It's too much, and and you just got to stick to the fundamentals. You got to stick to the fundamentals, man. She you knows know? me so well. Nice, perfect timing, team too. Understands. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about the cameras. Yeah. No, you're doing it. <laughs> Fuck the cameras. At least we have microphones <laughs> this time. <laughs> we have Soccer. micro. We have mics. We got mics this time. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's the thing. I, I just, I, I just try to tell them, look, man. We live in a society where you're going to be told that drive and ambition needs to come from what you tie your worth to. Yeah. All right. And that's that's the standard. And that's okay. The problem is is that the way we handle failure changes based on that foundation. So when you realize that your worth is only contingent on the fact that you're here today, you can still be just as successful, but the journey is much more pleasant. And the way you receive failure, which is, I would say, part of the formula to success, and the way you bounce back from failure. that you're gonna have an easier time as opposed to saying well now I am a fill in the blank I failed at this so now I am a whatever
0: let me ask you just because uh, like I, I'm, I'm a, like I'm a jock by nature right like I played sports my entire life when you think about failure what are the things that you tell yourself because for me it's all like quotes it's all like Vince Lombardi quotes like I'm all I'm like still living a football game from 10, 20 years ago, and it's, like, all in in, in this, like, um, kind of this tunnel of, like, this one thing that I know that that is what works for me. Sure. You know, like, because failure is every day. Like yeah, you could, you, every day. I, like, you have to be okay with the fact that you're going to
1: fail in something every day. Well, that's the part that a lot of people struggle with. They don't understand that they're going to fail every day. Right, but failure is part of growth. It's huge. It's right. a key thing. It's, right. It's part of the formula to success. What is it that you tell whether it's your kids or just a, a normal human being,
0: like, do you, is it different per person or is it, is there
1: like an overall line? Like, when you deal with failure, it's X, Y, and Z. I, I start with let's, there's a difference between just being positive and there's a difference between that and being optimistic. Okay. So, he, so an optimist embraces and acknowledges the negative and is proactive about it. And in the behavior of being proactive, you will experience positive emotions. Sure. Even if you don't get the outcome you want, just the fact that you were proactive toward it is going to feel better than not doing anything at all. So optimism is being aware of the negative. So something doesn't go your way, you acknowledge it. You don't just say, oh, well, I don't react to failure because it's part of the success formula. So... I'm just going to move on. No, you got to pay attention to what you did wrong, what you can learn from it. Right. You pay it. You, you kind of analyze it, but you, you, you know, another thing I tell them and I tell many people is, you know, make sure you don't make sure you step out of the time machine, you know? So make sure that once you've analyzed that, you know, don't try to go back to that moment, try and move forward and stay in the present, having gathered everything you learned from that situation. Sure. Right. So, so that's, you know, Those are like – it's more of like concepts and and like modalities that I try to instill not only in them but in the patients that I see where if you're functioning from those concepts, you're going to be able to bounce back faster from an unpleasant situation. I I couldn't imagine –
0: so I have a lot of employees, right? Yeah. And I deal with them all very differently and I think every human is very different and I think part of leadership and part of like – Leading a ship is being able to, I wouldn't say diagnose, but to understand yeah. every human, one, their strengths, two, their needs, and, and three, like, how to set them up to be successful. And sometimes it doesn't work, right? Like, I've, I've resigned myself to the fact that, like, I'm not going to bat a thousand here, right? Because all human beings, like, they go through their own things, and they deal with their own shit, and I myself am the same. So you don't bat a thousand, right? All right? And that's part of, like, understanding the failure.
1: Sure.
0: You know, and I think earlier on in my career, it was like I wanted to do for other people what other people didn't do for me,
1: ah, right? Yes, okay.
0: And in that, I felt a lot of failure, and I felt like a lot of I fucked up. Mm. But at the same time, it's accepting the fact that, like, I can't be everything for everybody. They, at one point, have to stand up for oneself and say, this is the pedestal I myself stand on. Sure. Right? But that's part of the understanding of failure, right? Right. You know, like, because food is one thing. Food is easy for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the food part of my job is where I have my, like, um, vacuum of a lot of fun. Yeah. Right? And it's all the other shit that is really the job. Sure. You know? And it's like understanding that dealing with each individual human right and how i approach that and how i can help that person be successful i'm not always going to be successful in that kind of like journey to try to help them get there and i feel like in some degree you have to feel the same way no yeah you know because i mean on on your situation it's much more of like a one-on-one like i'm trying to x y and z get you somewhere sure but for me it's like I'm here to help you with whatever it is you want to do in life. I can't do it all for you, but I can do this part for you. Right. Right. And I, 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 often feel like in the business leadership thing of like how businesses operate, I think a lot of people lose that sight.
1: They lose that. You mean that, that help, that idea of helping. Yeah. Their just people? like
0: that, that employees are humans. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Sure. You know, like in a lot of places they are numbers.
1: Mm, Yes.
0: You know, they're numbers, they are a function, they are a thing, but every human needs something different. And if you set them up to be, to fail, then that affects them in so many more ways than the fact that they just failed at their job. Right. You know, and it's like just going into like the mental health aspect of like the industry in total, it's, the industry is not easy.
1: I, I can't imagine that it is. Well, but like none, none are
0: really. I feel yeah. like every industry has a, a different degree of difficulty, right? Sure. Is um, ours like hot? It's sweaty. It's rough. Um, there's a lot of other factors that go into it: the talent aspect, the journey aspect of like how you've grown in whatever position that you're in. But man, it, it's like I've seen more. I've seen more acceptance of failure. And then not only accepting the failure, just being like, I failed, so I'm the fuck out. In the last three years than I ever have
1: in my life. Really? Ever. So, I fucked up, I failed, I'm out. I'm out. Instead of saying, I fucked up, I failed, I'm back. Right.
0: And I'm going to try harder. Sure.
1: Which is what we, yeah.
0: Which, which in essence, I think what is what forges the path
1: that you're eventually going to be on. Right. Right. And it all – and and that's – and again, it ties to that because it, that person is tying their worth to something that they reflect on that failure and it's like, that's it. I'm like, I'm not good for this. I'm not cut out for this. External focus of control, internal focus of control. So an external focus of control is where we kind of function by default, which is we allow situations and people in which we have no control over their behaviors or the situation and whatever – situation that may be and we let those things that we have no control over affect our mood our self-concept right. our self-image all that right and then an internal focus of control is obviously the opposite where it's like okay these things happened but what is in my power to create change right. what is what all i have left and it's always been the case it was never not the case that all you have is what you within yourself can do toward a situation sure and and really like having that fundamental you know is is really important because an external focus of control is is going to lead to you tying your worth to you know a failure being connected to your capacity to your ability to your talent and it's not always the case which is such a shame because there's people that are saying i'm out that probably have a shit ton of talent
0: sure that's what I was, yeah. about, I was about to say that when you said that. Yeah, it's it, like crazy. Cause... It's like I, I mean, I, I was not a, a gifted athlete. I'm not a gifted athlete, right? I just, I, I very much wanted to do a thing and I wanted to work at a thing. So I worked at it and I got knocked down and I got f- like fucked up and I lost. I had more L's and I had W's for a long time. And the same thing went with cooking, too. Like I was not naturally – there's a lot of people that are naturally gifted. Um, I, I never had those things, but I was like, okay, here's a bunch of L's. So how do we not get L's? Right. Exactly. How do we just, how do we just get, like, not L's? Right. I don't want to win big, <laughs> but how do we just get not right, L's? Right, right. I just don't right? want the L's. Right, right. And, um, and for all the people that don't understand sports, L's means losses. Yes. Just, just to give it to the context to yeah. all the people. Um,
2: you can uh, go to pancompodcast.com slash yeah, glossary for the glossary
0: pancompodcast <laughs> glossary. That's gonna be crazy. <laughs> um and I just I just wanted to like work harder. Yeah. But also on the other side of that, and I could say this from like very intense experience, that like dedication and that... I don't know want or like this very like intense need to not get that l can be maddening sure in a lot of ways absolutely for depending how far you want to take that you know and you know that's why there's several artists musicians um chefs to all kinds of people that are creative that drive themselves mad to not take any L's. the ego's
1: a motherfucker do you think that's really ego, though? I mean, I think most things are tied to ego in some shape, way, or form. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's a. Uh, it, and 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 this is a good question. What do you define as ego? Yeah, that is a good question. Because that is a great e- question. Ego in
0: in today's world means like you think of yourself as a shit.
1: Oh shit! Okay, so a big ego concept. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. And that. That makes sense. I think. So ego is a mechanism that can be very useful right because it creates a certain level of to a de- certain degree it's a defense mechanism it's to a certain degree it's it's a survival kind of thing where you know it makes us competitive we want to be you know we want to survive we want to be good, we want to be the best you know we want we, we enjoy recognition you know things like that um, but uh, once we, once we start stepping out of that once we, we overuse it, then the ego becomes what I always like to say is that there's an inverted relationship between psychological fortitude and emotional intelligence and ego. So Ooh, you, you got to break that down for the so, podcast listener. You you got it. So basically
2: those. I, I, I want yeah. to just jump in here and say, I really appreciate how Mike puts that on the <laughs> podcast listener. You need to break that down for Michael Beltran. Right. right yeah.
1: <laughs> sure. Whatever. All right. <laughs> You know, I and, and understand. I mean, before I say anything, understand that, like, you know, psychology is a lot like many fields where there's going to be people that are, they're going to be listening and probably in my line of work and saying, "Oh, fuck, I don't agree with that." But sure, okay, but and I'm okay with that. But most people I work with, this makes sense, and when they apply it, it starts connecting. But what I say is, it's ego and emotional intelligence slash psychological fortitude have an inverted relationship. So people who if you notice a lot of people who have been successful, they've gone through something that has been ego deflating. Okay. Failure. Sure. Okay. Among other things, right? Other losses, you know. Life. What, grief. Yeah, whatever. You know, and so ego ego deflation, the ego, the way you use the ego, the way the ego influences what you project, how you behave, you know, things like arrogance, for example, you know, like like you said, like usually when people hear ego they think, oh, this person thinks they're the shit, right? right? So there's a certain level of arrogance tied to that. So usually people who have gone through something where their ego is deflated, they've had to come back, but in order to come back, they've had to go through something where they develop their emotional intelligence and psychological fortitude. And that's why I say they have an inverted relationship. When your ego is deflated, you're still using the ego for the primary things, right? Drive, things that you want to accomplish. There's nothing wrong with wanting to accomplish things, right? There's nothing wrong with wanting to be good at something. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it takes over, when that's the the primary purpose and you're not making it about what you can contribute, you know, making it about what fulfills you, what's your passion and purpose, you're doing it strictly because of the recognition, then your ego, you know, obviously is higher, the psychological fortitude, your emotional intelligence is going to be lower. So if that's your motive and you fail, guess what? You're just, your world crumbles because Mm -hmm. your psychological fortitude is not there, right? But when you function off of like what I call ego deflation, not no ego, that's not what I'm saying, just ego deflation, you open up space for your psychological fortitude and your emotional intelligence you can welcome things that maybe you don't want to hear about yourself you can welcome things that somebody says to you and you're usually your ego would be like what the fuck did you say to me bro <laughs> you know you know and you could translate that to wait a minute maybe this person is just trying to help me maybe that you know maybe there is such a thing as constructive criticism sure right and you know but our ego is the uh, what the fuck, bro? Like, why the fuck you gotta talk to me like that? I it love kinda... the deep voice used for that. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, Miami through and through, bro. Yeah. What the fuck, bro? Why you got Why you I... got say shit like that to me, bro? Yeah, <laughs> Can you know? We do
0: the rest of
1: the podcast. Like that? I I, I, will, I will, man. If you need me to, no, 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 come on. No, but yeah, it's but a so, very
0: intellectual podcast. Yeah, well, we have yeah. microphones. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, that's so I, that's the that's the thing, man. It's it's really the challenge of, you know, okay, understanding how that. Let's put it this way. Understanding how the ego can affect you negatively and working on on those things. Sure. I mean, I, uh-huh. I
0: think that as we get older, those things become easier. Yes.
1: I would have to say that.
0: Yeah. You know, like I, I as, would have to agree as we I mean. get older, you have a lot more perspective on like – I don't think goals become deflated. Right. But certain personal goals become less important.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah. I and I think that. that
0: more, it also depends the field that you're in. Right. But like other goals may take center stage over personal goals. Sure. And, and like one thing that I see, and only because, again, I'm like, I'm not a parent. I'm married. I don't have any of those things. Like... As we get older, like priorities change. And I think that what the focus in life becomes changes. And one thing I've seen as – I wouldn't say as a trend because using the word trend now all of a sudden becomes like a lightning rod on Twitter. (laughs) But like a trend that I've seen is that, you know, like as chefs get older and people that may have been my age or a little bit younger or – even a little bit older than me that are like really pressing and like forging, they may take a step back because their priorities change because as you get older, priorities do change. Yeah. But I also feel like generations are very different and I, I will use generations as decades, right? Okay. Let's use decades. Let's do it. 30s and 20s and teens and 40s all feel very differently about their life. Yes. Ten years ago, me, absolute fucking train wreck. <laughs> like an absolute fucking train wreck. The only thing that I could talk about in my entire life was winning a beard award, Michelin stars, and being the best cook in any kitchen I ever walked in.
1: Yeah, man. My life fell apart ten years ago. So, yeah. yeah
0: I mean, my life has probably fallen apart three times in ten years. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. And it's like, at 36, I sit here and I say... I want my employees to win. I want the people around me to win. I want us all to win. I also want to win too. But my goals become, I wouldn't say less important, but not like the first thing I think of when I wake up every morning. And I think it's very different also when you're a parent, father, mother, uh, whatever. I think it all changes. And I think that's like the very interesting thing about your job in comparison to mine is that every human being's needs and their life and kind of like the way their brain thinks is completely different yes you seem like very like skeptical about that
1: i mean well people's triggers are different like experiences sure you know what what gets them going whatever that person refers to as their issues sure gets triggered by you know different things and every human is different and has experienced life in a different way in a unique way and everybody's entitled to to acknowledge that you know that that because one of the worst things we could do is say well it's not so bad because there's people that are worse off than me well when you do that you just discount what you're feeling you're just deflecting essentially right yeah so but i would say that i say that all the time really yeah it could be worse it could be worse well, it could be worse okay that's actually different though because that's that's the fact it could it could be worse when we compare mm. you know oh well at least i'm not living sure. under a bridge i get it okay well all right yes that is a good thing but that doesn't take away from the pain you're feeling right sure. now sure you know um however how it affects the psyche believe it or not is not it it doesn't change, change. You know, it doesn't really, there's, you know, I mean, the the DSM-5, which is like the Bible for people in mental health. Sure. It's one book, you know, it's just one, you know, it's one diagnosis book. I mean, it's, there's, I'm not trying to discount or minimize what we do by no means. But what I'm saying is, yes, people are different. People live life and through their lens, through their perception, they have lived life in a unique way, what it is to them. But the issues it causes, you know we 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 have like Carl Jung said the 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 collective unconscious which in certain way we've all experienced very similar things in our yeah. lives as well so it's it's interesting because you handle the triggers but then when you get to the primary emotions how it made them feel so secondary emotions are like anger sadness things like that primary emotions are the emotions that cause the sadness and the the anger and the irritability and the frustration or the happiness or the joy, you know, but the primary emotions, the way it made them feel, that inventory of emotions very similar from person to person, believe it or not.
0: I love the way that you put that, the inventory of emotions.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. We all have them.
0: That's that's such... Just because, like, uh, inventory is actually on Sunday, so, like, (laughs) I... uh... (laughs) the the way that you put that the inventory of emotions i feel like it's easy to feel the spectrum of that completely
1: all of them in one day okay so let's talk about that let me let's sure let, I'll, I'll challenge you on this sure can you give me an example of, based on the, my brief description you telling me what the primary emotions you feel well this is a good, this is a good one. So I could wake up this is not today, prince.
0: Okay. But because today's been a fucking shit day, but <laughs> um this is actually the highlight of my day. Okay. The Ooh. um wake up in like a fairly great mood. Mhm. You could be hit with one segment of information that automatically makes you angry, secondary emotion. Sure. Then you can Go into a space that automatically makes you feel comfortable and at home,
1: right? Okay, that could be considered primary emotion.
0: Then you go into a space that you feel somewhat challenged and angry at the same time. Okay, secondary. And then you go into what I call like the space of home, which is service for me is like always where I feel very comfortable. And, like, I feel like I can conquer all problems.
1: Within, I totally get that from you,
0: by the way. Totally. Within a spectrum of, like, a square, I can I can handle all these things. Right? Yeah. So then you go into complete
1: survival mode. Oof, right? Okay. Ooh, survival mode. And okay. And you fight or flight response. Ignited. You fight, you fight through it. You rally through it.
0: You push people through it. You yourself push yourself through it. And then you reach a state of, I mean, I'm not going to say euphoria because it's, I feel like that's almost unrealistic to me. But a euphoric state, like, we did it. Yeah. And we did it collectively. Sure. We did it as a team. Whether I led the team, someone else led the team, I was part of the team and we did it. And then you're back at a state of.
1: Comfort as in safety? You're safe? You made it out all right? I don't ever feel safe. No, okay. But I'm saying like the survival, you mentioned survival earlier, survival right. mode. So like the comfort at the end of the day is we survived. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I feel
0: like all of, like that could be a spectrum of, of a 16 hour day.
1: Okay. All of those emotions are based on what?
0: I am mean, not totally sure. I mean, like, I, I don't know.
1: Those fear. The, you think so? Most of the time. I mean, if you really, really get to the bottom of but, each but, one. I mean. Right?
0: In, at the end of the day, like, and this is the way that I very much feel. Fear is a master
1: motivator. It could be. If used. If used. Yes, it is. It is. Is it? It could be a toxic motivator, though. It's not. It's not the place we're supposed to be functioning out of. Where are we supposed to function out of? Just understanding I am a worthwhile, functional, successful individual, and I'm just going to do what I do, and I'm going to do it well, I'm going to do it strongly. And not – because if you think about the language, right? Survival. Mm -hmm. All right? So what's the emotion that's tied directly to survival is fear. Fear of? Failure always not surviving. Right. right, right. I
0: mean, but at the end of the day, like for example, and I can only speak from the seat that I sit in. Sure. So let's talk about FMB, food and beverage. Yeah.
1: Right. I actually did not know what that was, so I was like, It's all good? <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? We can <laughs> add that to, glo- to the glossary,
0: Panko Podcast Glossary. F&Bs. Uh, please do. I had no, no, no idea what that was.
2: URL: <laughs> Podcast.
1: No, I was creating three different ways I was going to ask what that is without sounding like an idiot. No yeah. food and uh, beverage.
2: Okay, Fun okay. and bananas. <laughs> I mean, it it is
0: it is always constant of fight or flight. Yeah. It is always like, we cannot fail the situation because situations are so fast and they're so like and they can change so quickly, that, I mean, we are. If you're busy, you're fighting, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and the way that I think about it is like, maybe this is from being a sports person my entire life but we cannot lose we have to fight to win all sure. the time
1: i think yeah. you could
0: just forget about the cameras
1: come on yeah. i mean, i think that's great mm-hmm. i think that would you like another uh sure yeah nick you want another sure yeah whatever and, and i think and i think that's awesome and i think you know like that's the thing like it's not yeah, but it's about... not controllable i will tell you it, wait, it's not control what's not controllable you mean the 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 it, because it the fight or flight response is designed I'm, I'm, for what? Uh, survival. Of I mean oneself. Real danger. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like you know, like a lion is chasing you. Sure. Right? Real that's danger. A good one. I love yeah. lions. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah. yeah. But not when they're chasing you. No. They haven't <laughs> chased me yet. Okay, yet. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the, the, the misfire of the fight or flight response, is a trigger from perceived danger. Things that are not going to kill you. But it, it but is okay. So is being
0: dead the only, like, uh, barometer we have of what's going to kill you and what's not going to kill you? No, not death. It's the need to survive. Sure, right. Well, what I'm saying is, and I, and I will say this because I've talked to and I've. Me, personally, I've made tons of strides, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can sleep at night Good. like a fucking child. I didn't sleep yesterday, but that was actually an outlier. Yeah. Liz, you going to walk through. Yeah. Have you have a question? No, come on. Yeah, yeah. Order more. more? Yeah, yeah. How much? Uh, 15 pounds. First. So... Where was I? What was
1: I saying? That threw me off. <laughs> 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 Fuck. <laughs> We we're talking about survival mode, right? Right. The the the, the, the not death, but oh, yeah. the need to no, survive. No, no. What
0: I was going to say was, I've talked to a lot of a lot of people that are in somewhat the same position that I was six years ago. Yeah. Right. And I have made lots of strides that, are like, I can lay my head down at night and I can sleep so like well. a fucking baby, and I'm totally good until like I usually wake up. Yeah. But the like death isn't the problem okay and a lot of people that were like for instance the position i was in six years ago and there's a lot of people in that position every day all the time because when you open up a restaurant you feel like this is my last chance or when you take a job in a restaurant this is my last chance or this is my chance or this is my thing or this is like i've worked to this thing i cannot fail In my mind, it was always like, if these people don't have a good fucking time and don't enjoy so many different things that may not have to do with me at that moment, they will not come back and I will not make that money and we will have to close these fucking doors. This is why so often with uh, so many people make so much shit of like the shit I talk to influencers and like other people that look for freebies, this is why I'm so like visceral in that Regard, because we, like, money at the end of the day keeps the lights on, right? And if someone doesn't come back because they didn't have a good time for some kind of reason, whatever it may be, it could be the dumbest thing in our industry. It could be the fucking weirdest thing ever <laughs> yeah. that they don't want to come back for. At the end of the day, we lost out on steady revenue over the course of 12 months. Mm-hmm. And that is, in essence, what drives so many people mad, I think. Not the, I want to be on a billboard, or, or I want to be on the cover of whatever, or I want to be on the thing. It's more like, can I keep the lights on? And that, to me, is a very survival mode situation and feeling, right? It's not death. You know, like, it's not a going to die because these lions are chasing me. It's because I may have 15 employees, 20 employees, 147 employees. Sure. We need to keep the lights on so one they can keep all their jobs and two so we can keep this thing going.
1: You know what I find fascinating about what you guys do is that you guys have the opportunity to implement all the pillars of wellness in one night. Absolutely. You for know, everyone
0: except for ourselves.
1: Well, well, okay. So you guys have this opportunity to create a positive emotion yep. about what you're doing. You have an opportunity because a lot of what you do and what I do as a musician involves the state of flow, mm-hmm. which means that you're fully engaged in what you're doing in the moment, Yeah, right? There's no opportunity to be in the time machine. You have to be in the moment. Right. Which I fucking yeah. love. It's amazing. God, that's, once once it's, I I will tell you that's a drug. Absolutely. absolutely. Once 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 I strike that first chord, and I hear the guitar through the speakers, and I hear my voice through the speakers, nothing else matters. Right. That's it. That's all that. Nobody can bother me in that moment. Right. It's that's it. Mm-hmm. You know. And so you're fully engaged in what you're doing. You get to establish and maintain quality relationships. Yep. With your staff. And your customers. Yep. Right? You get to apply meaning to what you do. Why do you do what you do? Yep. Right? And you get to feel a sense of accomplishment at the end of it.
2: Yep. Those
1: those are the pillars of wellness. And if you bring that to consciousness and you realize that this is something that you – these are like little boxes you can check off throughout the night. And you realize that you did that, the mood of anybody who's working here – can be completely changed I'm sure there's a lot I don't get me wrong I'm sure a lot of people are very happy you know working and stuff like that but there's there might be somebody who's struggling and if they focus on this say man you know what this this is good yeah you know and and I love I love that you guys get to experience that in one night you guys get to experience all of those things where a lot of people have trouble finding one of those things in their daily basis yeah, yeah. you know on their daily lives I mean and and it's it's just I don't know. I I admire that. I think it's awesome. I find it uh, fascinating.
0: Attitude reflects leadership. Yes. 100%. Every kitchen is ran by a different human.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: And that person's persona, their ideals, their morals, their feeling towards all kinds of things reverberates all through their staff. And they might... like often they don't understand that but it does right and one thing that i've told so many because like it's a very interesting position that i'm in now because now i run several things yeah i tell the person at the top is like you are a coach more than you are anything else you are coaching people to be better you are at the same time learning how to be a coach you are learning so many things and my Part of my job is to help you understand how to be a good coach. But that feeling, right? That understanding. One thing I have admired about this business since the day that I stepped into it is your world could fall apart. Your personal world can fall apart. But when you work a station, you can fucking crush that thing and you can fucking annihilate a service and you can help your team and you can help the people around you.
1: And you can feel at the end of that accomplished. Do you know why that is? This is what I mean. I'm having like this is like mind blowing right now. That is like a perfect way to describe having an internal focus of control. Like you just said, it your world could be falling apart. Yeah. But you have the ability, you could leverage the ability to focus on what's right in front of you right, with right. and focus on what you can do not what you can't do or not focus on things you don't have control over but what you can do and what's right in front of you and feel accomplishment at the end of it pride pride
0: okay pride. that is
1: a beautiful way to th- that is ex- that is well, I mean, a great I example mean,
0: pride love passion like that i mean you know when i work uh, in inside of a box right Mm. because now like my the box is very big but when i work in a small box within the box like and you just control that thing man it is beautiful it is beautiful and i love it and i feel like it's the same thing and you said it when you're at that moment and you're playing music a lot of things disappear right yep So, and I've said this several times on the podcast, like, the first four to six months of Ariette when it first opened, were incredible. And they were like, I'll never forget them. You know why? Because there was no struggle. There was, like, we opened, the only struggle was I had to do my thing. And then after six months, the room was empty. The struggle changed. The external struggle started... Mm-hmm. The internal struggle started even more. Yeah. And it was like, now there's no one here. How do we get them back here? What did I do wrong? What is wrong? How did I fail? How do we pick up from that failure? How do we change from that failure? How do we move forward? And then it's like a an incredible... This was like a part of my brain that I had never used. Right? It was... Because before it was all personal failure, right? Like personal failure is easier to pick yourself up out of. Because you failed, you have fallen. How do you pick yourself up? Right. Now it's like we have failed. You as the owner always carry that failure. Sure. We have failed. How do we collectively get better? What did I not look at that we now need to look at that we address? And, I mean... I'm blessed that now people come, but like beforehand, it was this, it was a high, right? It was, it's almost like a drug. Yeah. I've done plenty of those. So I know what that feeling feels like. And it was very similar to that. So in that perspective of like, you know, this is four and a half, five years ago, thinking about it, it drives a lot of my day-to-day thoughts that moment. That what? That moment. That moment drives your day. Well, I mean, it was several moments. It was like a long period of moments. But like that time period drives a lot of thoughts that will lead you into dark places, tough places, very like – I would say very like perspective-thinking places because perspective is always –
1: 1,000% one thousand percent, where you need to think from. Yeah, sure. That's the yeah. That's the compass. Sure. I mean, I. I but you know, what you didn't do. I'd love to know. I did so many things. <laughs> you did not say I. I failed. I'm out. Mm. And that. That's that's it. That is the. In this world where we want to overanalyze everything, we don't have to. Some of the answers are just right in front of us. Right. You know? And that's... You bounce back. I mean, some say that the metric of happiness is how quickly you bounce back from a shitty situation. Right? And um, in any case, you went through what you went through, but you did not say, Oh, fuck. I failed. So I'm out. I mean, I I feel like... And even then, it didn't sound like it was failure. But you know what I'm saying, like the way you were, you were going There through. was
0: several avenues of failure, but it wasn't like uh, the like core wasn't rotten. Right. This is what I always say. Like, and I say this about restaurants all the time because a lot of people open up restaurants on a whim, and uh, the thought process is more financially driven than it is like, what are you doing? Right. You know, like, what are you doing means a lot more than money. And that's lost on the world in total. But in today's world, like where we're sitting right now, you at 42, me at 36. I feel like the world is changing. Sure. Like people are not willing to accept the challenge. Mm. And I, and I, I feel like for me, it's very difficult because I can't relate to that.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to grow up in a world of instant gratification. Oh. I can't imagine. I, I mean, we're in the world now, so we get to experience some of it. You know? But we,
0: that's not where we were brought up. Right? But
1: it's not like... It's not... Okay, so I... You know, I... Uh, <laughs> let's use a really r- ridiculous example. I subscribe to... Receive emails from a company because it's going to get me a 15% discount. Sure. And I know that that code's coming in within 10 seconds of me hitting subscribe, and I keep refreshing my email. And boom, there it is. Right? right. But here's the thing. If it doesn't come in, I'm just like, all right, well. Fuck it. Fuck. All right, moving on. Where, like, other people will be like, what the? F- where's my Where's my fucking shit, bro? Right. You know, where's my fucking 15% discount? I want to fucking use the code. I want to fucking buy it. I want to buy it tonight. So it fucking ships, and I get it in three days. What the fuck? And I'm just like, oh, whatever. It just never came in. It's fine. Whatever. Moving on. Stupid example, right? Minimal. But it applies to so many other things where yeah. I can't imagine where the the need, uh, I guess I'll say that, the need for instant gratification is so, it's so much yeah. that you can't picture having to like wait for something or be patient. Well, Amazon you now know? gets you things tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it, it Exactly. Say. Or, or today. today. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine, like, just, yeah, I'm, all, all I'll say is, I'm so grateful I grew up when I did. Yeah, for sure. That's one thing that you I, know, and,
0: you know, music is such a, like, a, and a food, in a lot of ways, food is too, but, like, I look at music and I listen a lot, like, a lot of obscure, like, jazz, like, random shit that nobody cares about. But guys like Robert Johnson, like, nobody cared about, like, probably one of the top five guitarists of all time. And no one knows when that guy was born. No one knows when he died. Yeah. Everyone knows, like, the three records he recorded, how he went from shit to, like, great, and, like, how his stuff will live in infamy forever now. Now. But it took 60 years. Yeah. For it to matter. Right. 60 years. 60 years. For it mm-hmm. to matter like a lot of the chefs from I don't know man 50s 60s 70s whatever like their stuff is more important today than it was back then right because back then it was normal today it's looked at as different but it's looked at as trailblazing and very uh, proper mm-hmm. you know yeah and I, I think in today's world a lot of the guys who do more chemical shit and like more cerebral stuff they'll probably be looked at like very intensely in like 30 years from now. but it just it takes time for things to like grow their roots for things to actually have meaning yeah you know like somebody asked me the other day like, what is it that you want out of life?" And that's such a heavy question. It really is. It's such, God, it's a, such it's an so, unfair question. It's such a heavy question. And I'm just kind of like, you know.
1: Oh, no, bro. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, was I want broken. this drink right now. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, I think I was with Nick. Was I with I uh, Was I not with you? No? When? I don't know, man.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, have no you, idea. You were man. with me at some point. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and I think. Bye, Liz. I think that if none of my personal goals ever happen, right? If they never come to fruition, and in 20 years from now, somebody looks at my work and says, man, this shit matters. And this shit, like, I want to adopt some of these ideals and this ideology and this thing. Then my purpose was served. Yeah. What I wanted to do, it did its thing. Yeah. Like, no uh, medal, award, plaque, or anything Can provide is, that is yeah. worth more than that. Because yeah. then you are providing more for the future. I think music does that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Food, I think food is very different because kids don't read anymore. But, right, right, right. like, I, I feel like it's a very weird thing. Oh, know? yeah. Like as you go through your career and, like, what you want your career to mean, I think careers now almost mean less because, like, people aren't studying like they used to study.
1: Well, yeah, and and also we're we're entering a part of you know, an era, of society where we are learning to not tie our worth to our careers. So when somebody asks you, "What? Hey, what do you do?" You know, you're at some networking event or you're some social event. What do you do? And and you know, I'm the fucking asshole. That's like I do a lot of things. You know, I skateboard. I fucking <laughs> hang out with my kids. I you know, I play music. You know, no, but you know what I mean. I'm like, no, I don't know what you mean because that's not. I have I have a, you know, work that I earn a living and I love what I do, but it's not just what I do. I do a lot of other things, right? right? We I don't tie my work to that, you know. So, it's 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 fascinating when 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 that question comes up. But No, man. I I think that legacy is, you know, like for me when the highlight of the last 5 years for me was having my oldest son learn how to play bass. And he got really fucking good. And the people at Lincoln's, thank you, John Falco, and thank you, Monica. Um, first were, ballot. first yeah, ballot. Yeah, first ballot. They they were like, I was like, hey, do you mind if he comes up and he was 10 years old? Oh, man. Do you mind if he comes up and plays a couple songs with us? And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We'll make it work. You know, whatever. He's just, he's got to leave like right after, though, you know, because like we don't want he's a 10 year old. Yeah. yeah you know, so uh, I'll have, I have a story about that real quick after. But, but, so he played and like he, he nailed it. He nailed it. As a matter of fact, we fucked up the song and he kept us together and we were like, oh shit. We we're like, you know, and that to me is like, okay, I'm, I'm good. Like that's something that he's going to carry, you know, and, uh, and my youngest son too, I share things with him that's very similar, but a couple years later, he, came and played with us again, and at the brewery were two of his teachers. Amazing. And he goes and he goes, talks to these people, and I'm like, who are these adults that he's talking to? And I, like, walk up, and they're like, hey, where's teachers. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, is this a rare experience for you? He's like, are you fucking kidding me? I've never ran into my students at a brewery. And (laughs) and much less, like, you know, (laughs) much less he's, like, playing music in the band for the night. Like, that's pretty, you know, it's pretty different, yes. And I'm like, all right, cool. So anyway, that's the story there. But yeah, Legacy... Is uh, you know, what do you want out of life? Yeah, man. I mean, I think I think we want you know. I think one of the the most important relationships we have to establish while we're alive is the relationship we have with death and dying.
0: Oh man, that's big.
1: Yeah, it's huge. It's huge it's- because as long as you fear that you live your life a certain way, sure. When when you establish a solid relationship with death and dying, all of a sudden you're functioning in a much different way, right? And you know,
0: so. It's crazy. Like, when I turned 32, mm-hmm. I felt like death was around the corner.
1: Is it one of the, is it one of the times where your life was falling apart? Um, maybe. Because when my life was falling apart, I was like, okay, so is this like when I go? Because right. this would be a good time. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to take my own life. I was never there, but I was like, Hey, is this like, is this it? Cause sure. I don't have the energy to do anything right now. Like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get out of this hole that I'm in. I really don't know. So death would be really appropriate right now. Right. You know, and there's nothing like hitting rock bottom. Ugh. There's nothing like hitting rock bottom to all of a sudden shine a light on everything that's possible. In the in, in life in the world, you, you know, do you feel like you've hit rock bottom? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More sure. than once or just once? No, once, but it was pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty solid. Like like people like concerned, worried, and yeah, you know, it wasn't a pretty. It wasn't a, <laughs> it was it wasn't a pretty display.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would feel like rock bottom. It's not a good place to be. Prospectively speaking, it was I think needed. Yes. It was needed. In a way, it's a gift. Well, I if mean, you can if you can work yourself out of it. Correct. I mean, that's the key, right? That
1: can, is the key. Can you work yourself out of it? Yeah. And I think... How do you see the good of the, out of what you might consider the ultimate failure? Right. I mean, I probably hit
0: rock bottom twice. Okay. And it's tough. It's rocky. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's bottomly. But, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, but... I and I say perspective is huge because if you can sit even at the rock bottom and walk outside of yourself and say okay how do you climb out of this thing if you can give yourself that kind of perspective that's a lot of strength
1: that's a lot of what strength strength oh yeah absolutely
0: you know but not everyone is built with that kind of strength and that's why we have the issues that we have
1: sure yeah and and, and people you know, are afraid to be vulnerable. They don't reach out. They don't talk. You know what I mean? Cause it's, you know, that's, that, that, and that's a whole other topic of, you know, because man, rock bottom is the, the most beautiful words I ever heard was, man, you have nothing to lose. And that is like one of the most liberating, like free thoughts that it's like, damn, I have nothing to lose. And your engine is just like, it's just different. Yeah, Did you just function differently from that point. I feel like um,
0: it's interesting because, obviously, I've like I've seen people I'd say on and off for last like ten years, right? However much I can afford, is pretty much what I tell people. Right? Like you know, when it comes to like seeing a therapist and seeing like people, because I think the perspective of like being vulnerable for, for every person is very different. Oh, yeah. Because vulnerability at like a... This sounds terrible, but like at a sub-level of whether you're within a company. Like, let's say you're like the CEO of a company, right? Being vulnerable at, at that point is very difficult. And I will say it from experience. It's very difficult. Like, you have this is the biggest thing it's a very lonely place oh yeah I can imagine every time people get promoted within my company I tell them only because I lived it the biggest difference between now like let's say you're like one of the homies you're just a manager you're one of the homies now you're the manager of the managers right you are now in a very lonely and vulnerable place And they're always just like, no, no, it's whatever, like, you know. No, man. Trust me when I tell you. It's a very lonely place. And they don't get it. Six months later, they come to me and they tell me, fuck, man, you were right. Yeah. Because I lived it. Sure. And I've lived it now for a large period of time. You're no longer one of the homies. You're no longer one of the people. You are now like a figure of a thing. Yep. So, for instance, I always go back to Bourdain because he was the figure of all figures when it came to all cooks around the world. I could not imagine the stress that that carries. I can't. The pressure that that carries. The vulnerability that that carries. You are now the mouthpiece for all of us. You're welcome. Forget it. I could not imagine that place. I can imagine, man. I could not imagine that place. I could not imagine the pressure of that place. And it's like the safe space, the square in which you live to be vulnerable. Just like this, the, the square you live within like your um, – I forgot what you referenced earlier. Just um, internal – Internal focus of control. Right. Like, those boxes, there's not many of them. No. Right? Right. So, I would say, like, I, I somewhat understand that person's pressure and how it's unbearable. Right. Because, yeah. like, people who are cerebral and people who do care, because there's plenty of people that live in a box of, like, ego and, like, they're the shit and everyone loves it and everyone likes all their posts and everyone <laughs> like. And everyone, <laughs> and everyone likes all their things and right, everyone right, buys right. all their albums and everyone li- like, that's one thing for me. That's very like smoke and mirrors. Absolutely. For a certain few that live within that box of, we are the mouthpiece for a whole faction of humans. Shit. I can imagine what that pressure feels like and how to be vulnerable would be very difficult in that space.
1: Yeah, I mean vulnerability is I mean in in a society where vulnerability is linked to weakness. I mean, yeah, that's like a that's tough because in those positions where you're supposed to be a representation of strength, right? You know, you're you're not going to you're not going to be very likely to be vulnerable. Yeah, it's I mean, the wrong connection. Right. Weakness and vulnerability have actually no connection, but we as a society have connected to and and, and yeah, so you need to be strong. You need to be a representation. You need to – and there's all the tyranny of the shoulds, as we call it, right? The tyranny of the shoulds is like one of the biggest downfalls that we have in our society. I should do this. I should, I should, 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 should. And, uh, man, it's a lot of pressure. Like you said, pressure, and, and that's that's what I picture. Like I need to be this – you know, like uh, – it's funny. I, I barely quote him, but uh, Tony Robbins says, you know, his big his big question is – who did you need to be for fill in the blank? Right. Right. And, uh, and it's a great question. It's a great question. He's not a psychologist, you know, motivational speaker, but, but it is a, it is a psychology based question. Like who did you need to be for? And when those fours become hundreds of thousands of people, right? Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I only imagine like
0: I have 147 employees i have to be something for them i couldn't imagine hundreds of thousands of people right you know like someone like bourdain was it's interesting like we talk about and me personally i don't i don't adopt this ideology for myself which i should but vulnerability is strength yes and i tell them every single day ask for help if you can't do it The team will help you. People will pick you up. People will not let you fail.
2: Right. I'm sorry to interrupt all of this. I just want to give you a warning. This is my job as a producer. In roughly five to ten minutes, this party is going to be crashed by John Falcon.
1: Oh. This party is I'm out of here. John Falcon. Can we do party recommendations now? All right. Are we ending the podcast? That's it? Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But just... Like, this is such an important fact. Yes. And I, and I only say that because I may not adopt it now. I did adopt it for a long time. Vulnerability is strength. And courage. I think in today's world more than ever. Yeah. Because like you said, it's so attached to weakness. Weakness is arrogance. Correct. Weakness is saying you can do it all. Weakness And the fear of not being able to do it all.
1: But you can't do everything. No, you can't. It's impossible. It's a fallacy.
0: Like, um, And, you know, I deal with this so often, too, because, like, I have friends, whatever. Like, I have an amazing business partner, right? What he's good at, I can't do. What I'm good at, he can't do.
1: Those are the best.
0: Like, I fucking love that. But it's such an organic relationship. Yeah. It's so needed. When I was like one of the last rock bottoms, he was there. He was like, I got this. Let me do this. He did it, and that's why we're still here today. Wow. And it's like what I tell people. Everyone's just like, well, you know, like, you're such a good chef. You should just, like, be on your own. Fuck that, bro. Straight up. Fuck that. I live like a very happy and organic life within my work life because I have someone that I can lean on. If you if I didn't, we would not be here. Right. And that's what I tell so many other people it's like, well, I don't know how to do this and I don't know how to do that. I'm like, well, maybe you should go find someone that can do that.
1: Yeah. Because that's you right.
0: yourself have admitted that you cannot do that. Right. So
1: Get help. Yeah. And the... Talking about emotional intelligence, psychological fortitude, and ego deflation. There you go. The moment we ask for help, it's an ego deflating opportunity. But the results that you get from asking for help and seeing proper results enhances your emotional intelligence and psychological fortitude. It's like, wow. It's like, that worked. Holy shit. Like... You should ask somebody, you know, to help you. What? Nah. Okay. Well, things have gotten bad enough where I will. Oh shit! That worked. Right.
0: But again, like asking for help, and let's not even talk about asking for help personally, right? Because that's a di- I feel like they're different forums. Sure. But asking for help is also looked at as weakness.
1: Correct. Yeah, because it's a form of in, in vulnerability. It, in, in, yeah. Like.
0: In any facet, because I see it every day, like, my station's too fucked up, I can't be ready by 5.30, chef's gonna fucking crush me, like, I need help. People don't reach out to someone next to them to just say, I need help. What they do automatically is they just fail, and they live within that spectrum of failure to just say, I have failed I'm going to fucking just eat shit and fucking fail. Instead of saying, I need help, can you help me? Right, exactly. It's like an arrogance, it's a fucking,
1: it's a... That to me is ego. Let me ask you this. Do you believe, I don't know the answer to this, I, I, I just, I, it's just occurring to me right now, do you believe that that's also related to age? Do you think that that's something that we have to learn? Everybody has to learn that at some point. Like, for sure, it's, it's like but, a rite of
0: passage. Like, but, just you know. I mean, were you in your like journey of being a musician? Were you never humbled?
1: Oh, yeah! I'm humbled every single time I play. Right, and me, I play covers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, co- I mean, covers are great, though. <laughs> no, no, they are. But I, I mean, it's. I laugh because it's like it's. I do my own renditions. You'd have to, you know, check me out. I know you saw my Instagram page and all that, but you know, but it's just, it's just funny because you get humbled. Like you play a song, you play your heart out, and somebody goes, "But that's not how the original song goes." Right. And you're like, "Fuck!" Yeah, yeah I, no, I, 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 I know it. that was kind of the idea. Damn it, you know, like, um, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, humbled. Of course, I've been humbled. You know, I'll tell you, playing gigs where you play to the bar staff. Right. And no one else. That's a humbling experience. Yeah, yeah. And two nights before, you play to a fucking packed house, and everyone's going nuts over your shit. Right. And two days later, you're playing the crickets. It's no a, one? It, that's
0: mind-blowing, right? Yeah. Because I feel, and I feel for other people in my position, too, it's like, you play to a packed house every Saturday. And when Monday rolls around... You're playing to the bar staff. Right. But because it's a business, this is what you're doing. Right. You have to understand that there's peaks and valleys in all things. Sure. And the level and the kind of like the understanding the business part is what's lost on a lot of people. Right? Right. Oh, man, I'm out of here. I got to go take a leak. I'm out of here. Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, shit. I got to go.
1: No, is, this, is this is this that,
0: that an exit? It, that's an exit. There's an <laughs> exit sign there. Is there not? Um, are we not sponsored for the <laughs> the leak? No. For right, Lincoln
1: I? Lincoln's Beer Brewery. The I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me just give this guy a hug.
0: Are we gonna give him the furry uh I love the furry balls Michael's here? I love that you're no, here. No, get bro. him on the furry balls. You I love that, that you're the furry here, balls. bro. Give him the furry no, ball. No, it's fine. Get on the furry balls, furry oh, ball, we, we furry did ball, did John, so And F- we're back here on Panko and yeah. Podcast F- after Fanko our commercial break. John
2: Fanko, and we, we have, have we, we we've made many references to now you. on
0: the main stage. Falkina. Introducing Falquina.
2: No, by the way, there's no cameras on you, Juana Falquina. No, the no you Juana no, don't have that kind of production value. Right. Hey, when John. you into the ball tickler, you want to like really let it tickle your lips.
0: You got to so let it, it tickle your lips. Just really
4: get in there. That, like that's this. It's it. <laughs> <laughs> really, actually really good. It smells like Nick after a moderate yeah. job. <laughs> Maybe, nothing crazy. He's
3: not running <laughs> 5Ks. Look <laughs> at this. <guy>. This <laughs> podcast <This laughs> <podcat laughs> is a moderate <laughs> job. <laughs> Relax. Hey, this podcast is. Just a, get is in that book. A book. That's that's this
0: is yeah, a fucking sprint.
4: That's actually the iTunes description. It's a modern <laughs> jog. You're <laughs> learning cool <of> food culture. <laughs>
0: Wow, we were having such a good conversation until yes. John got here. No, no, uh, yeah, yeah, no. We were like, well, we yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah,
4: no. That <laughs> yeah. was there in Miami. No, no, yeah, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were yeah, talking no. about mental health. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm yeah. a subject now. Yeah, yeah no, I son. mean, we were talking about mu- some are. music, too, though. We were talking about some music, okay, too. yes,
5: well. Yeah, not really. I'm Falco just sure confirmed that I was the first
1: musician to ever play at Lincoln's Beard Brewery. Yes, I'm
4: just curious. And you will be the last. Someday. You better fucking believe it.
0: Are we closing Lincoln's? By an overzealous
4: mayor that bans dancing.
0: Oh, are we banning dancing or bans Pearl Jam?
4: Oh, you ban Pearl Jam. I'm done. I'm I'm moving out. I'm moving to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck it. That's it. That's all I have. Anyway, I'm just here to watch Nick competing.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Where were we? We were talking about vulnerability as strength.
1: Yeah. And then Falco came in. And then Falco
0: came in, and (laughs) now we got a subject. Yeah. (laughs) And now, and now we're very vulnerable. I feel incredibly vulnerable, and I feel like we're going to do partying recommendations soon. Yeah. But. I think, in all seriousness, um, the subject matter of, like, being vulnerable, I think it also has layers to it, and I think it has a lot of, like, as life moves on,
1: like, for you as a father, yeah.
0: like, do you feel like you can be vulnerable in front of your kids?
1: Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's important. Tell I, me more I, about that. So, oh man, it's just okay. I mean, how much time do we have? Because honestly, listen, this is long format. We're totally fine. Okay, cool. I mean, we start talking about, you know, we get into these complex, misunderstood topics of toxic masculinity and toxic femininity and stuff like that. We're not, you know, we don't have to get deep into it, but here's the thing the narrative that historically boys and men have been kind of not forced, but kind of, you know, uh, persuaded to embrace, you know, there's got, there's got to be some kind of like adjustment. And I, I work hard with my boys to, you know, kind of adjust that. And, you know, so vulnerability is, is important. It's, 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 I go through the whole thing, you know, it's, it's courage. It's, you know, now how do you communicate it? How do you communicate vulnerability is a totally different topic. Okay, right. And that that's what gets misunderstood because you feel scared, you feel worried, and you're like, oh, eh, I don't know what to do. Oh my, oh my God, what do what, I... You know, that's one thing. Another thing is saying, hey, you know, I'm feeling a little uneasy about this. What can I do? Who can I reach out to? You know, how can I be resourceful, right? That's a different tone, right, where I don't have to be alone. I don't have to try to... Solve things by myself. Sure. You know, and... I... I definitely... Part of my mission... Is to definitely help males 35 and up... Shift this paradigm. Because, you know what we don't want? We're trying to reduce the amount of widow-maker heart attacks. Is essentially sure. what we're trying to do. 45-year-old men were just having heart attack. Uh, sorry, heart attacks and dropping dead. Because... They've internalized so many emotions throughout their lives. They've internalized so much stress, so much anxiety, and, and limiting themselves as to what they can share, how vulnerable they can be. And it's like there is a direct negative physiological effect of stress on the body. And then people wonder why, for the most part, why do men die before women? Right. Right? So going back to my kids say hey listen you can be vulnerable let's talk about how we communicate that vulnerability it's okay number 1 you don't need permission however you want to think about how you communicate it how what words how assertive you are and 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 that's what i try that's the behavior i try to model okay so my oldest son I talk about him a lot. I don't want anybody to think that I don't think about my youngest son because my right. youngest son is like, you know, he's, he's, he's a mini-me and we have a, a very special relationship. But the fact is my older son is a teenager and that's when most of these issues start coming up. So, you know, I talk about him more. Um, but, I man. Just,
0: sorry to cut you off, but I think it's an incredible space to be in. The fact that what you do for a living... Is giving you the ability to coach these kids in a
1: different way? Sure. Is super powerful. I'd like to think so. I mean, I. I, mean, I,
0: I like, just. I came from like a very. Uh, I wouldn't say like machismo father, but just like. And it's something that I struggle with too. Like, nonverbal. Nonverbal. Nonverbal, non communicative. Very internal, very, like, living with all the stress and distress of life. Like, not being able to communicate that thing to the world. Like, it's very common. It is. Very common, especially in uh, Hispanic males from, I'd say, 30 and up. Yeah.
1: Yep. Nailed it. Yes. Yeah, like,
0: 30 and up. Just oh, like my gosh. All the way. Not even being able to... A peanut gallery, we're doing a podcast. Are you really? Yes. Nah, right. uh, uh, yeah, for fuck's sake. There there's headphones? Yeah. sound
2: okay in your ears right now? For, for fuck's sake. Wait, there's sake. headphones? Jesus Christ. God. The, produ- I got, I got, the producer got, is really putting, uh, a
0: fucking, uh, <laughs> putting a fucking mine here yeah. for us. But all I'm saying is like, it's almost like programmed in a lot of us to just be
1: nonverbal about distress
0: vulnerability things in general
1: can i do a reenactment of how my sessions go with a 35 and up male sure i would love that i'm 36 so i would love this 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 is how it goes okay okay Oh, you know, my wife thought this would be a good idea, so whatever. I really don't believe much in this shit, but uh, you know, doing it to please her. You seem like a cool guy. So, whatever. I know, you know, everything's fine. I mean, I got everything, you know, under control, you know, whatever, you know. Like under COVID, you know, I lost my job and, you know, I went from being my own boss to, you know, now I work for somebody. We're making it happen and you know, I'm fine, you know, but um Anyway, you know, so I don't know. What do you want to know? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, anyway, get through the minutiae, whatever. Let's fast forward five minutes, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, because you know, I just. I mean, like, what? Uh, what's the point of life? I mean, what? What? Right. What? What am I? Why? That's how it goes. It's insane. And what I was telling you earlier. About how, like, yeah, everyone's experience is different, but their triggers are very similar. That's an example of that. Where give me an a lot of a trigger. So I
0: understand when you say a everyone's trigger... triggers are similar. Give me like two kind of like stances of, of in which they are similar.
1: One of my most influential professors said it best. He said, "The only thing that's more important to a man than sex is his ability to make a living and provide for his family." Sure. Okay. So that was like an impactful thing that he said. I was one of three guys in a cohort of 30 people, and that resonated with me. And I would say that a trigger is a life change that affects that ability, which through COVID happened a lot. Man. You know, so that is like taking away part of a uh, man's manhood, right? Sure. You know, so that's a trigger. Like the thought of. I used to make $120,000 a year, and now I took a job at 50000 and now I work for somebody, and now I have a boss, which right. before I didn't. You know, that's a trigger. Another trigger could be when you grow up in a household where you felt you needed to please everybody, and now you're a people pleaser. Hmm. And then the moment that you're working so hard to please everybody, the moment that somebody calls you out and you're bullshit and goes, you know what? You're too fucking nice. I don't fucking like you. And you feel rejection. For That's being a, too nice. For being too nice because they can tell that you're nice is fake because it, you're a people pleaser.
0: Isn't it funny how they, how they say like um, nice guys finish last?
1: Yes. It, it's, it's, they finish last because a lot of times their niceness is fake and right. people can detect that. You, you're you you just trained to please people. It's not so genuine. It's not genuine. Right. Right? So, you know, yeah, nice guys finish last. You know, you're, you're nice is fake. And then all of a sudden that rejection is a trigger. Yeah. The moment somebody's like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you're nice. Everybody thinks you're nice, but I think you're full of shit. Oh, fuck. You know, like, okay, so that that's a trigger. Uh, and then there's other, like, more, like, evident triggers. Like, if you were, you know sexually molested and you meet sure. somebody that reminds you of the perpetrator and you identify with the perpetrator then all of a sudden it's like you know you're triggered that's more um, of a,
0: an identified trigger that it's like identifying to them
1: yeah right or, or another example that's really prominent now is when you people who come out of a relationship where they're gaslighted
0: what's that mean Give, uh, so, the guys, like, uh, there are a lot
1: of different definitions, so I want to throw out my disclaimer because there's people that are going to be listening that are in my line of work that are going to cringe. Okay. All right? I and, love and cringing people. Yeah, I love cringing people. Definitely. I like, I can hear the voices like, that's not it, bro! <laughs> Get your fucking facts straight! You He's know, probably like, a Lincoln's yeah, beard drinking. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or somewhere drinking. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, as we like to say, that's like our indirect disclaimer, From what I understand, um, gaslighting is when you are made felt that you did something wrong or that there's something about you that is wrong and when in reality you're not doing anything wrong. So you're in a relationship and the person constantly tells you, for example, yeah, you're pissed because you're a fucking perfectionist. And, right. that's, and that's how you always are. And that's just who you are. And instead of the person saying, oh, really? You want to tell me more about how I am? Fuck face. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? The person goes, oh, shit, really? And they start believing it. And the gaslighting really ignites. Oh, I when get it The now. moment the person says, oh, fuck, is that for real? Yeah. Now I'm going to change the way I am around this person because apparently I am... Fill in the blank. And I am this way and I am that way. So now I'm going to be careful with and I'm going to change essentially everything about me to adapt to this person because this person has called me out on things that I definitely am when in reality they're not.
0: So I can tell you that just like in the spectrum of what society is turning into. Yes. Your description of gaslighting is like every day. Sure. Every day, like, um, it just seems like people are lighting gas at every nook and cranny of the corner to not only try to make someone feel less of themselves,
1: but to make themselves feel more of themselves. Definitely. One of the best quotes I've read in the last 10 days And encapsulates a lot of what therapy is about and one realm of therapy is the following. Most people cope with their issues by projecting it onto others. Others. And once you learn that, you will stop taking things personally. Oh. I just got chills. Right. So So, you know, that gaslighting is like, oh, my God. Like you want to feel so good about yourself. Right. That you go as far as to make me feel like there's something detrimentally wrong with me. And it's my fault that our relationship or our friendship is where it's at because of something that you've decided to point out as a flaw of mine.
0: Because people don't want to walk outside of themselves to look at themselves in the mirror to say this is what's wrong with me. Like, and you need to
1: do that in order to set pro- proper boundaries, which we enter another topic. Of, right. Yeah.
0: I mean, but it, it's important to understand, like, I feel it's interesting, like, we, we talked about that moment when you, when you feel like death is closer than ever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in that prospect of, like, I would say it was, like, w- within the age of 31 to 32, I was like, man, I'm going to die tomorrow. What am I doing? (laughs) What's happening? Yes, right. I started to prospectively think about like what it is that I'm doing, right. And then I would say within the last 24 months, just because, and I would say that COVID was like a like a springboard for this. Saying like we did a lot, I'm proud of what we did. Fuck it. If you don't like what we do, fuck you, and I don't care. Very good. Me personally, and a big thing, and like something I've told younger chefs than myself, and even older chefs than myself say no. Mm. Say no all the time. And no is a complete sentence. Oh, man. Let me tell you, and put a fucking period behind it. Mm -hmm. Because what is your barometer of to be accepted? Ha! Right? And I've had this conversation with Nick totally off microphones but like certain situations within the last like I'd say six to eight months of like what would possibly propel me to like another level me personally professionally whatever and things that they asked me to do and I was like no I'm good and they were like well what do you mean I'm like
1: no well you know we would really like you I don't care yeah you would really like that wouldn't you <laughs> I love that. We would really like, yeah, I know you would. You
0: would like that. But I can tell you that the seat that I sit in professionally, I like where I'm at. Good for you, man. That's great. Say no. Say no. And then at the same time, understand why you're saying no. Don't just say no to say no. Because that's just arrogance. Right. Say no. What is your mission? What is your thing? What is it that you really fucking stand for? And then say no behind it. And I did that. And still at the same time, I still got what I wanted at the end.
1: Law of attraction. Law of attraction. Somebody asks you to do something, you say no, they want you more.
0: Like, I have been very against so many things in my career because I felt like it would cheapen the purpose of what I think my career really stands for. And that's my own personal thing. Yeah. Not as a company, not as like a, what we do here, there, or whatever. Yeah. Just me personally. I feel like it would cheapen what I want. But I said no. At the same time, it would push me to a different level that would probably benefit me financially, probably benefit us financially, benefit... It would take you further
1: away from the kitchen,
0: I which bet. I, which I don't want. You don't want that and I don't want that I said no good for you and at at the end of the day I still got something that I'm incredibly proud of and I still stood for the things that I want to stand for in 20 years and today and I tell so many people like say no man say no to things that are not what you really believe in Cause you won't be able to sleep There's at night. Things man. that don't fulfill you, yeah, man. It, it's it's an it's an incredible like space, and it's like it's again. But saying
1: no is very vulnerable of the space. It's yes, it's vulnerable of the space because out of fear, mm-hmm. survival, ego, everything we've talked about, all of that connects to the thought of if I keep saying no. I will stop getting the invitations. Right. I will stop getting recognition. I will stop getting the calls, right? And but, and, but equally, do you believe in yourself? Correct. I mean that that is what it comes down to. I mean, we all have 168 hours in a week. We all have an X amount of time. We all have 12 months in a year. You know we we can only spread ourselves out so thin, right? And. You know, When you say no and you say, well, I value my time and this is just not what I choose to invest my time in, yeah, people are going to get pissed. But at the end of the day, they have no choice but to – the beautiful thing about boundaries is that people have no choice but to respect you. Even if they're mad at you and pissed off at you and talk shit about you, somewhere deep down inside, they respect you. Because everybody understands the value and the effort involved in just saying no i don't want to do that right i i'll i'll never forget it and
0: i won't like reference the thing because i'm very proud of the thing that we did yeah but i'm sitting in my office on a zoom call with my director of operations myself and like a team of people on a zoom call they're like you know we were really thinking that you can do x y and z and like i look at her and i look at myself and i'm just like and i had like this quick like 20-second, like, conversation with myself. Is this what you've done it for?
1: And it's a great like, question. No. It's a great question.
0: No. And I was like... And listen, I, like, people who know me I think that I'm incredibly, like, brash all the time. But I told them exactly what I thought. I said, listen, that's cool. That's just not who I am. And if... That's what you want. You're probably going to have to go elsewhere to get it. What I've done in my career, and what I've done, and what we do here represents X, Y, and Z. If that's what you're into, that's what we do. <laughs> and if you don't want to do that, then that's cool, and I totally understand it. But
1: this is who we are. I, I fucking love that because let me, I'm, I'm, I'm heavy into CrossFit. Oh yeah, CrossFit. I'm, I'm a big boxer. That's amazing. I yeah. love I love boxing. Uh, but one of my closest friends it happens to be the owner of the CrossFit box I go to, which is CrossFit Soul. His name is Danny Lopez Calleja. Soul, where's Soul? Uh, it's on uh, Westchester, Bird Road and 84th Avenue. All right, cool. And Danny Lopez Calleja is the owner, and he always tells people, this gym's not for everybody. I know you want us to be a certain way. We're not that. He has these four things. I, I can't mention them right now. I, it's not coming to my mind, but he has these four like posters at the entrance. And like, these, these are our rules. This is be kind, be the best part of everyone's day. And I forget what the other ones are. This gym is not for everyone. And I think that there's something beautiful about being unapologetic right? about what you represent, who you are, how you do it. And you just have to fucking do it. Let me right. tell you. I get criticized a lot in my line of work. I get Same. Criti- I get criticized a lot. lot. Same. You know, I, love I, that. I, I yeah. It, you have cheers it, it, to that. Cheers man. to that. Yes, I get. I, I'm that guy. People talk shit. You know, because I think when people have a lot of time on their hands, that's what they do, right? For sure. That's just my. That is how it's very. It's, that's an arrogant statement, but it happens to be true. Because when you're busy, you have a limited time to worry about certain things. Correct. All right. So I I don't have time to worry about how other people are doing or running their practice. Correct. You know, sometimes I wish I did. <laughs> you, know? Right. you know, sometimes I'm like, damn, I would love to have like a break between like 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. and not do shit and just like focus on what everybody else is doing. But, you know, I, I do get I do get criticized a lot. And and. At the end of the day, people just are like, Hey, like, Carlos, I got to be honest with you. I went, checked out some other therapists. I want to come back to you. Okay, cool. I take no offense to that. You have to shop around, you know? But I do things in a way where I'll share things about myself. And I do the whole process. I'll say... Okay, listen, is it okay if I disclose something about myself? Talk about me for like 30 seconds? And the person usually says yes because they're dying to know because there's nothing more uncomfortable than talking to a therapist that you know nothing about. Well, it's, and also, now,
0: it's also like talking to someone that you think is on a pedestal.
1: Correct. And I love knocking out that pedestal.
0: Amen to that. I love
1: knocking off that. I, I am not on a pedestal. And here's the thing. I'm in touch with where we're at. 2021 transparency, I have an Instagram page, you're going to know about my life, you're going to find out shit about me, Google my name, you're going to know all of my history, you're going to know all of my past, you're going to know all of my records, you're going to know where I've lived, like, I'm not going to pretend that I live in a world that you cannot find out shit about me, sure. so I might as well tell you myself. Now, a lot of people, traditional therapists are like, you shouldn't disclose anything about yourself. I don't believe in that. I get criticized, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. Vulnerability. Right. When you can show somebody that you're available and you're able to be vulnerable, now all of a sudden the game changes. Yep. You give the person permission to be vulnerable. And I'm not saying I disclose details, like specific details about my life. But let me just share this one thing with you that I've been Sure. Through. And it's a game changer. But people love to say... Oh, you know what? He's he's a good therapist because all his patients just want to be his friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? I, just, I laugh because I'll tell you a story right after.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, because he's a musician and his clients or his patients go see him play. Right. Okay. Yeah. And what? Does it change the outcome? Does it mean they're not getting better? Right. Does it mean they're not learning about their triggers, does it mean that they're not learning coping mechanisms mechanisms to handle those triggers? Is it is it affecting anything negatively? Or is it more positive? Or are they going to go back to another therapist where they feel that that therapist is on a pedestal and then they're going to feel uncomfortable and they're going to come back to me? And it's just fascinating how people love to... Haters going to hate, right? Isn't that like the yeah, but, but slogan?
0: Change is uncomfortable, right? So, like, very uncomfortable. What yeah. you're talking about is a change that people are uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I laughed earlier because I'm the owner, one of the owners of the company. I am the chef of the company. It's like, it carries like a ton of weight. But my people, and I tell them, and they know it, I've lived their life. I know their struggles. I know what they're going through. I know you can talk about the most ratchet of the ratchet to the most high end of the high end. I've lived it all. Yep. I've worked in the upper echelon fine dining. I've worked in the bars when you were drinking at fucking 9 a.m. in the morning just to get through the day. I have lived all of it. I've slept in my fucking car. I've done all the things. And I have no
1: problem telling people that yeah no i don't care it's dude we shouldn't be ashamed of our biography but in essence
0: like because one thing that fascinates me so much about a kitchen in essence i mean fmb in total but like a kitchen in what's fmb just kidding we're we're, we're beyond that We've, we we pass that is the aspect of like the human beings involved They come from all walks of life. And I love that. Yep. And I love that. And I love, one, to provide a different opportunity for people. Two, to be able to impact their life. Right? And three, to relate to them. Because I've done all of it. Right? Just like, and I I won't give specific details, and just like in recent life, someone came to me, and they didn't want to come to me, After being in a very tough place. And I was like, my dude, I got you. The reason why I built this thing was for people like us. You're going through a tough time. And listen, you can burn me. But just like they said in a Bronx tale. If I lost you for five bucks, then brother, you weren't worth it.
1: That's a great reference. Great movie. Oh, my God. I fucking love you now. That's... The best. I fucking love you now with that
0: reference. Holy shit! That's the best gangster movie of all time. Correct, without a doubt. You can talk about Casino and Goodfellas, yeah, 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 and all those things to the end of time. It it is the best. It is the best gangster movie of all time. What Ray Liotta did in that movie, like, I'm just like, yeah, it is the best. So, anyways, money is like a thing that we've created. Sure, If we lose people over money, then it's what's never meant to be. Correct. But I'm here to provide an opportunity for people because they, I have lived that. And that's why I built this thing. That's why I built, I built the house for us. Yeah. So don't, and, and like I told that human, don't feel ashamed ever coming to me because I've lived all the things. Just because I have a nice chair now and I have an office that I never sit in. Doesn't mean that I'm any different than you are. Yeah. And it's like that. I only had a semblance of that opportunity once in my career, but I feel like I and other people in my circle provide that every day for people. And that That's to me is a very thing. powerful place. It's invaluable. I mean, are you kidding me? That's amazing. But it's also so, this is the interesting perspective. It's a heavy weight to carry. And, and I, I would say the same thing. And you're, <laughs> I would say that you're more studied than people like me and other people in my kind of industry. But like it's a heavy weight for you to carry too.
1: But it's part of your gig. Right. We were never trained to carry that. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's just like we said at the very beginning of this four-hour podcast – Whatever, forget about the hours. (laughs) But one thing you said at the beginning is, there's a point where it's up to them. You said that at the very beginning, and when you get, one thing is to say it, and another thing is to own it and embrace it. And once you own it and embrace it, you can let go. So you don't take it home with you. You don't worry about it. You know, it's like okay, I and I make it clear to them, like you have to understand that this process. You come here. There's 168 hours in a week. You come here for one. You have 167 <laughs> Isn't hours. is it crazy that in 168 hours in a week, we only work on ourselves for one? For one. Yeah. Or we make the effort to go somewhere to work on ourselves. Right, right. And that's the point. It's like saying, okay, it doesn't, this is where you get, this is the class, and now you do the homework, right? Now you got to do the stuff. Now you got to do the things. That, so, and that's on you. It's not on me. I can't lose sleep over that because I need to get proper sleep to help other people, right? So, So, there is that. I feel, you know, I feel that, that, like that interaction that needs to occur. However,
0: interestingly enough, I may have a leg up on someone like you. Because in that spectrum, if you have one, I have much more. Yes, you do. And man, I'm a tough boss. I am a I am a tough boss. But all the people that have been with me for a long period of time and that, like, believe in the thing, they know a couple things. I'll take the shirt off my back, I'll empty out my wallet, and I will fucking take a bullet for you. They know it. Yeah. And they know it very, very, very intensely. It's amazing, man. Like, I like, and, and that's why, for me, like, I have no interest in growing bigger than what I think we should be. Right? Because money is not the motivator. Culture is the motivator.
1: Hell yeah. Culture, belief, like, God, community. God, I love that. Community, dude. You, that's the reason I was, I was excited to even be on this podcast. Like, it's the community p- part of it. You know, I see, like, all these friends of mine that have been on this podcast, and I'm like, I've been part of Miami long enough to be part of this. For sure. And it's like, I mean... Yes. I that, mean that's that's where the value is. But that's where me, the, you know, for me community is the
0: motivator, right? Like yes. I feel like people like yourself, myself, Nick, John, they don't have a mouthpiece to really talk about who and what they are. This podcast completely cuz we haven't made a fucking dollar. I don't know if there's anyone watching, but we haven't made a fucking dog. we are going to watch this
1: one. Yeah. Because it's Hold four on. hours long. <laughs> we'll break it up into pieces. <laughs> highlights, highlights. Carl Siscania part three. <laughs> Fuck this guy.
0: Highlights. I mean, community is the real motivator here. Because there's no one else really talking
1: about the community aspect. Because they're all driven by fucking money. Exactly. And then when you feel lonely at the top. The one thing that's missing is your tribe, is a community. You know, like, I find interest in that.
0: Because, like, man, I've worked for a long time. I've lived very low bank accounts, negative bank
1: accounts, several times in my career. Understanding how banks, okay, so on Tuesday it's going to reflect, so (laughs) on Monday I better replenish it. So if I put in a fake check on (laughs) Friday
0: and and it reflects, yes. and then I can yeah. could, could pay some bills.
1: But then my actual check will go in on Monday, yeah, and then it's yeah, like, yeah. fine, I'll just take the $35 God, fine. It's fine. It's amazing what the yeah. brain is capable of oh. st- strategizing. It's more street cred than anything else. For I would have to agree with you on that, yes. Like,
0: money is just like a thing for me. And, and cool. I think for people who really believe... It's a believe, tool. It's a tool. I feel like people who really believe in a thing... It's just a thing. I would have to agree
1: with you on that. You're leaving? I'm no, I'm not I'm I mean, get out of here. All I'm right. The beers with you, though. I'm All I'm right. The beers with you. What? I, you were gonna
0: take them with you? I'm gonna
3: drink beer. Have a good
0: day. No, but you gotta put your you gotta
1: put your face in. Have a good night. Have a good night. All right. Put your put your face put your face in the bush, bro. Love you, love you, bro. Because he for him. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Is
0: Maxwell Brothers open? No. Alright, fuck <laughs> off. That, that gets that you clothes too early, too, <laughs> then, huh? Alright, got it. It's whatever.
3: Oh, shit, he's coming back. Oh, shit, <laughs> oh, he's, he's coming back. 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 <laughs> oh, shit, he's coming back.
0: Yeah, no, I got it. He's the real star it's of the all show. Matters. Yeah, it's all that matters. Thanks for dropping your beer off. I'm go scream at your
1: staff. Alright, cool. Go scream at him. Um,. I'll tell you, when I started when I first started therapy, providing therapy. Man, it was lonely. I I never realized how lonely it would be. Yeah. You know, people were like, Well, you talk to people all day. (laughs) You know, it's like uh, But do you talk to yourself? Yeah, not quite the same. I would listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh yeah. And one day I realized I was really talking back to these podcasts. You know, like I was really answering questions and like, you know, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I remember going to my wife. Well, she, she was my wife at the time, but my girlfriend, I was like, I love you, but I need people. I yeah. need community. And she's like, I get it. Totally get it. And I, that's when I called Danny. Called Danny. I go, hey, I don't know what the fuck CrossFit is. I had lost 100 pounds at that point in my life. Good for you. Yeah, man. I was like, dude, how much did you weigh? I pushed 300 at some point? Oh man, I was 360. You were 360? Yeah, I was no 360. F- 3 I can't I know people say this all the time, but I can't picture you at 360. Holy shit. I was still a shit. big beautiful man, but I'm sure you were. I was as I was, as, as was I. Yeah, I was I was very I'm one I'm 196 right now. I'm like 215 I, I had gotten to 200. That was my 100-pound mark, and then, like, I fluctuate between 200, Yeah, but you, but I mean,
0: I'm a short human,
1: so, like, you well, still win. Well, the point is, is that we did something for ourselves that's oh. very meaningful. Absolutely. So I had already lost weight. I mean, I already lost the weight. I mean, I think I'm heavier now than when I was before I started CrossFit, but I remember, just remember calling Danny. I'm like, hey, listen, man, I got the fitness thing down. I don't care about the fitness. I need to do it with people. Right. And he was like, all right, bro, start. That was my journey. My journey at CrossFit Soul has been, like, fucking amazing. Amazing. I- I- it really has Free been marketing. amazing. Free marketing.
0: CrossFit Soul, it's on 84th and Bird. Right? Yes, yes. 84th and Bird. Right
1: by the Bruce room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, and uh, community, that's when I realized the value of, because I used to laugh, I used to mock, oh, you need to find your tribe. Oh yeah, and I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here, Get the fuck out of here. Get the tribe, fuck you!" you know the, right. That's when I realized, oh, yeah, there is something to this. Well, you, you find know? tribe in different places. Oh right? I, no, like, you're right. Absolutely, that was know, just my way of finding my mind. But yeah. like
0: when I went from 360 to 270, um, 100 plus pounds down. Was it? No, it's 100. 100- About 100 pounds. I then found boxing. Right? Yeah, And that is now my tribe. Like, I've talked to Nick about this exhaustingly, but, like, I'm going to take an amateur fight. I'm going to, like, I have completely found a safe space, in a very unsafe space, uh, of boxing. Because... It's then given me a purpose other than what just this work purpose is. And it's given me like a whole... I mean, I then found a hobby, which was Danny Surfer's recommendation. Um, It just gave me a different thing to lean on as a grown-up, which I didn't understand. Like Because when you're a kid, you're like, I play sports, I like cards, I go to school... But then when you grow up, it can be a rather lonely place when you're on a mission to do a thing. Yeah. You know, and your mission is to help humans. My mission was to feed humans. Um, And in that thing of feeding humans, then help give culture to a bunch of other humans. What, in essence, at that
1: time is for you? And I'll take it a step further, having the willingness to grant yourself what is right for you.
0: Granting yourself is
1: different. Yeah, and 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 giving yourself permission to, I need this. Sure. And that, going back to vulnerability, right? Yeah, like that's a very interesting
0: space. Like, I think just like the conversation we had earlier about saying no. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's right. Like I've forever said yes. Uh, Tatiana, bless her. Right? She's been a blessing. She is my assistant. Okay. I have now said, like, on Mondays, just everyone gets a no. A hard no. You want a thing? No. You want something? No. You want what chef? You want chef to show? No.
1: It's a hard no. Right, so if I'm croquetas on Monday, no, it's a- <laughs> do this happen on Monday. Just not by me. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Um, I was about to take a note. Like, let me not call him on Monday. You can call me whenever. Okay. But what I'm saying is,
0: is like separation of church and state means a lot now for me. This is my church. Correct. I am the state. Yes. I'm now separating the two. One day a week. Which I would never do before. I would never do that before, but finding that boundary, finding that space, even if it's like I'm sitting in my house and I'm working, even in my house, I feel like a huge weight off my shoulders being able to do that because I can live within my own space doing it. And in that space, you find so much more about yourself that you were not afforded the opportunity beforehand.
1: That's right. And I think all that... Comes with growth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it all comes from growth, but I would say it's tremendous growth. I mean, boundaries—it's such a what's what's the word? It's 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 a very uh, it's a trendy term. It's like a, a trigger term. It's like you know, boundaries is just very. It's used very loosely.
0: Loose. Know?
1: I mean. Yeah, and but, and, but, but the term but, but the
0: term mental health is used it very loosely. Correct,
1: now. absolutely.
0: Very loose. Absolutely.
1: But boundaries is you can't set proper boundaries until you realize that you are going to piss people off. Yeah, <laughs> like be okay with pissing people yeah, off. And though. that is, and so when you know when you're dealing with like a people pleaser, this is a very tough thing because the tyranny of the shoulds which we talked about earlier everybody should like you no that's not the case yeah but if you're not pissing anyone off you're not doing anything that matters anyway there you go that's that's the mentality that the you know like you have to understand boundaries involves we are egocentric creatures yeah a lot of times people are going to take and take and take from you not because they're bad people but because they are human. Well, because you let them. And you let them, but right. but they take it because they're human. They're not because they're they're not consciously thinking, "Oh, he gives me everything I want, so I'm well, I mean it happens, but I'm saying for the most part, you know, hey, he just gives me everything I want, so I'm just going to take and take and take." It happens at a subconscious level because we are egocentric creatures, right? So then all of a sudden, you are like, wait a minute, this stops now. And I'm saying no. And that is where the line is drawn because the people that go okay, I respect that. Those are the people worth keeping around. 100%. But the people are like, well wait a minute. <laughs> You're not giving me what I want anymore. So what good are you to me? I just I I laughed so then- I, like cuz you know like um
0: in in the world of Instant gratification. Correct. Social media. And just like, what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. People expect you to be a thing all the time. And And I pride myself in never being that thing. Right? So like on that one day, that is my day, to do fuck all, whatever the fuck I want, I usually... Like, almost mock texts and calls that Mm -hmm. expect, like, an instant response. Correct. So. Everything's an emergency. Right. So, I I didn't tell Nick this story, but, like, I got a text on Monday. This is X, Y, and Z's personal assistant. I'd like to speak with you. (laughs) This is, like, like 9 a.m. Laying in bed. I look at it. I laugh. It's okay. I wait 10 hours on purpose. 10 hours. 10 hours. Not 10 minutes. No, no. 10 hours. 10 hours. Yeah. On purpose to respond, today's my day off. How can I help you? And they were like, we've already figured out. I was like, good for you. And it's just like building the thing. Like, I don't give a fuck what you need from me right now, man. Today's my day, bro.
1: And chances are, what is most likely to happen is you're going to figure it out. (laughs) That's
0: human response, right? Usually it's human response. Yeah. But I think, like, we're creating a culture. Not we. I wouldn't say the three people here because that's for fucking sure. Oh, Falco left? Yeah. He left. Just kidding. The three people here are not creating this culture. But the culture is being created of, I need you now. You need to respond now correct. I'm going to respond to you whenever the fuck I feel like I should respond to you. And the more people that feel like if you really need me that bad, you're going to wait, man. You're going to wait.
5: Yeah.
0: And the more people that accept that about themselves, the better off they will be. And this is, I, I will tell you, this is only a modification or a development in my life in recent history. Only because I felt like I needed to be present for so many people all the time. But if you burn yourself in that process, you will no longer be available to them. Because you will then be dead.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality of uh, it. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is... The, thing, the reason why I said that is because... When I was going through my fear of dying, are you not going through that anymore? No, not anymore. No. Okay. Processed. Done. Okay. But when I was going through it, I'll never forget my mentor looks at me and he goes, Such a fucking asshole. Love the guy. And he says, Yeah, man. What is the world going to do without you? (laughs) What an asshole. What a dick. But he's right. But he's absolutely... And I I felt instant relief. Instant relief. And I said, you're a fucking asshole. And he laughed. I said, what about my kids? He goes, they're going to miss you, but they'll get over it. Yeah. What about my wife? She'll miss you. She'll get over it. And if you are... Not an ego maniac, you'll be okay with her remarrying, and everybody's just gonna go on. Life moves. Fun thing, fun thing to do. When you tell people this, I have a kick out of it every time. So I'm disclosing it right now. So if I've ever oh, said I it love to you, this. all right. Featured on the podcast. <laughs> Only here. When you tell people, I manage text messages like I manage email. I check it once a week. Ooh, I like that. The short-circuiting that goes on in people's minds, and you see it, like, visibly. Like, they're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah, I leave the blue dot. I have an iPhone. I have blue dot. And I have a set time of the week where I sit down, and I (laughs) focus and concentrate on every single text message. And I reply. That day is Tuesday. So if you send me a text on Tuesday night, you're not getting a text back till the following Tuesday.
0: I love that for you. I do. Yeah.
1: You know, now, are there exceptions? For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, I'm sure, you, you know, you have your exceptions. I have, they are like the, you know, the MySpace top 10. Oh, man. Right? Tom, <laughs> where are you, man? have the MySpace top 10 that if they text you, I'm replying now because yeah. you're on my top 10. Correct, but everyone else, when when it's my time to te- check text messages, I will do it and I will reply. Yeah. If it's an emergency, you'll call, and if it's really urgent, you'll leave a voicemail. <laughs> 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 I you
0: mean, know? I live my life with like 200 unread texts on a weekly basis. Good
1: for you. Yeah, I mean, I, just not ev- not everyone's in the top yeah. ten. Yeah. Now. You can only develop that and establish that when you get to that point of understanding that it is not our role to please everyone all the time. Self-worth. Correct. I think like... Because anybody would be listening to this right now and saying, these guys are fucking arrogant as fuck. Yeah. and And, And you know what? I could see how you're interpreting it as that. Sure. That's fine. You're allowed to feel that. But what is your relationship with Proper Boundaries? Explore that. Yeah. Because it is such an essential piece of life. So,
0: yeah. Uh, It's interesting that you mentioned like um, those like self-boundaries, right? So, and I mentioned it earlier, like when people move up within the company – and how their life changes and how it becomes rather lonely one of the things I reference all the time is you will constantly be in a place that you ask humans how are you? right? yeah how you doing? can I help you? what do you need right now? what can I do for you? in that experiment how many times will they respond
1: How are you? Interesting. How are you doing? Right. Are you okay? No. What can I do for you? You always have to be okay. What do you mean? Right. (laughs) And 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 You need to be okay. Right. For me to be okay. You need to be okay for me to not be okay. Okay. Interesting. Right? Yeah, I mean... Something wrong with me, I come to you because you need to have it all together. Right. Because it's not lonely at the top. You don't need to be vulnerable. Right. You have yeah. it all together because you're at the top.
0: Heavy is the head that wears the crown? Correct. Right. And, and like that statement, and I don't find it an arrogant statement. It's a per-the-moment statement. Sure. Right. And I tell them, and, and I've lived it, and I understand it. Because there's, there's a lot of times for me personally that I, I like I sit there and I'm like, "Are you okay?" And I often tell myself, "Man, you're fucked up. <laughs> what do you need right now? Yeah, who are you right now? What can you do for yourself right now?
1: Because no one else is asking you those questions.
0: And, and then, it's then there's
1: the like, other things, right? Hey listen, I love you." Well, hey, hey, listen, you're a person of value to me. Hey, you know, I, I respect you. I admire you. I trust you. I love you. People need to hear that shit, man, because... I mean, love is an interesting perspective. Well, okay, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's used very loosely, and I, loose, I acknowledge that. Loose, loose, Very you know, loose. Like, but there are certain times where people need to fucking hear it.
0: But love is also super hollow. Right? Because Could be. In 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 the world and I, I mean this in
1: the world we live in today. Everybody loves you. Do they really? Oh. No. no. I mean they, they there's a certain category of love. Sure. Where they feel an appreciation and they replace that term with love. With love. Or right. And or admiration what... and they replace it with love, yeah. I would just tell you, just because like
0: I've obviously been through like several therapy sessions. So one of my biggest issues forever in my life is, and this context goes from very young, I don't understand how to accept love, right? Because for me, it's always hollow, it's always fake. And even now, like in when chefs, quote unquote, make it, that love is not real, man. It's not real. It's, uh, and, And equally, I will tell any uh, Instagram socialite in the world, those likes aren't love, man. They're not real. Those people don't care about you. They don't understand who you are as a human. They don't. And for me, and I will tell anyone else in my position, that shit is not real. It's not real. Real love is very rare. Mom. That's real love sister that's real love
1: other things aren't real i mean it's it's really nice when you're loved by somebody who's not expecting anything from you and that i think that's the for me love is your presence is enough where we use a lot of you do something for me therefore i love you sure You provide something to me for me, therefore I love you. Sure, but there's nothing more beautiful than just I'm just glad you're here because I fucking love you. Right, mother, sister, wife, kids, you know, yeah. It's 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 different because, but but like just
0: just like uh, mental health and insecurity and love. Is used incredibly loosely. People don't understand the foundationary aspect of what those things really mean. Vulnerability. They all go back to that. They all go back to that. Every single one of those things. Every person who's ever taken their life. They don't feel any of those things. They don't. And they feel like their vulnerability was too much to cope with the rest. Right. I'm not... Like I don't do what you do for a living, so I could be c- talking complete shit. No,
1: you're you're on it though. You're 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 on track.
0: But those aspects, like love, vulnerability, strength, courage, all that shit, they feel like one thing was heavier than the other. And like, man, I like, and I, I feel it just because I don't know. I'm 36. I feel like I've lived a very peak and valley life. But love is
1: the biggest thing of all. The biggest. Well, I mean the the deathbed literature shows us and proves to us that the biggest questions that we have is was I loved and did I love well. Interesting perspective. Yeah. That that is deathbed literature. That is what most people ask themselves on their deathbed.
0: Right. There is an aspect to love too much and not get loved in return.
1: How you perceive love is very different. How you receive it, love languages, and we get into all that. But at the end of the day, you know, we want to feel, you know, that we were loved and that we loved well. You know, I could take this encounter of this podcast in two different directions. Sure. Right? I could leave here. And tomorrow, I say, hey, man, I met these two awesome guys. Now I have a great connection. Now I have a great connection. And I can go and get those delicious croquetas whenever I want because these guys know me.
2: And I bill by the hour. (laughs) What do you say? What do you say?
1: And I bill by the hour. And I bill by the hour, right? (laughs) Or I can go and wake up tomorrow morning and be like, I am so happy for those fucking guys, man. Because they're fucking doing it. They're doing what they love. Good for them. I just want to support their fucking business. I want to support what they're doing. I want to support their ideas. I want to support everything that they're about. Those are... One is ego-based. The other one is not. Sure. I get it. Yeah. And the thing is, is that... Love. When we get back to love, that's what the difference... We use love loosely. Yeah. I love this person because of what they can do for me. Or, I love this person because of what they're doing.
0: Super interesting. Right? Because in my field, people leave all the time.
1: Sure. Right?
0: And uh, something... I, another thing I tell like the director team: people will leave, people will go; they will do their thing. It's how you respond to that, right? So, someone sits with me and tells me that they're leaving, and whatever it may be, and my like it's it's always a very honest response. It's congrats. Is what? Congrats!
1: Congrats! Yeah.
0: I hope you fulfill everything. I, you know, I love what you did here. I love you as a human. Right. I, love I love where that, you're going. I hope that you succeed in all the things. Am I obviously like a little bit hurt that you leave? If you've been here for a long time, sure. But my feelings don't matter right now. What matters is you're, and, and I've done it, right? You're pushing on to a thing. Yep. Go do a thing and fucking do it and I hope that you like take things from here and you learn from here whether good or bad because there's good and bad and everything and you fucking push it and you crush it yeah there's a lot of love there yes it's not easy love no it's not because people are leaving but that's love though but that's what that's why I think people have the wrong interpretation of love yes yes you know, like, you don't, like, the love unconditional, and I'm sure you feel it because you're a father, but, like, love unconditional as a parent. You can be mad or whatever, but you still love that
1: human. Even on your worst day, I still love you. Yes. Right.
0: In a professional setting, you could still be mad. But you did a thing, and you did a thing well, and I'm super happy about what you did, and I love what you did, and I love you as a human, and I hope you fucking kill it. I'm mad that you left, but I'm happy that you're doing things. And you can feel both, and it's very tough, right? Yeah, I, of course. And, and I think that's why the term "love" is so like defunct. It's so defunct. Great like, cynicism. Yeah. Yeah, like just the idea of how you love somebody. Yeah. You know, like don't love them just for what you what they do for you. Love them as a human. Correct. And like who they are as a thing. Know their life, know their things, know everything that makes that human being up. And love them anyways. Yeah. And it's tough. Yes, it's tough. But that.
1: that's the way it should be.
0: So many things in life
1: right now right now are not the way they should be. Oh well, yeah, that's I mean we that's a whole other Pandora's box. Right. I mean that's yeah that's a whole other But yeah man this concept of I mean everything we talked about you know it's, it's it all relates to this point that we're talking about like we right. talk about love you know trust love admiration respect those are like the key fundamental to any relationship right yeah you know and the love part is the one that gets questioned the most because trust is very evident yeah right you know when you admire somebody. You know if you're disrespecting somebody or if you respect somebody. But the love part.
2: You get one of those beers.
1: Yeah. Talking about love. I have the. Hit sour me with ale. Sour, or I sour. Have the,
0: yeah. sour. Thank you, John Falco, for whatever you
1: brought here. Thank you, John. Fa- John Falco was here. I don't even remember that. Was he? Was he even here? I'm not sure. It's an illusion. The illusion of John Falco. <laughs> what an illusion yeah um yeah man I mean love is the one that gets questioned the most and depending on a lot of things upbringing what you define as love what you receive as love yeah it makes us a lot you know very skeptical cynical would you not say that love is the most vulnerable space to be in sure oh absolutely I would say that you know for me personally you know so I talk about my dad a lot but he's not my my biological father. I never right. met my biological father. And for the most part I'm okay with that. Right? Because I had someone and he was amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Truly amazing human. Right, right. However, you hear stories about people who are adopted. They are given these amazing lives and they hit 15, 16 and they're like, thank you for this amazing life, but I'd like to know who my biological parents are. Right. Right. Because that biological tie is there. Right. So what happens to someone like me in this situation? Well, Love is given to a certain point. But at any point, somebody can get up and go. Yeah. So I'm only worth loving to a certain point. But when somebody is tired of me, somebody's annoyed with me, somebody doesn't agree with me, somebody's unhappy with me, that grants them the past to just leave. Yeah. And you function like that throughout life. And then you meet someone who gives you this unconditional love. And you're not blood related because that'd be weird. But on top of that, you know, you meet somebody, you make them your wife and you're still like, wait a minute, why are you showing me all this love? I have all the I'm fucked up in all these different ways. Skepticism. Yeah. And you're just still loving. Like, what the fuck? Is this a joke? Right. Why? All right. Stop the bullshit. When is the moment that you realize what's truly happening here and you just leave? Right? And that when when the inability to receive love and to get to the point where you're like, Oh shit, this is what it's supposed to be. And what I have tied it to is a totally different narrative. I can do away with that narrative and I can be okay with what's happening right now and receive this life changes. Life changes. Self-destruction. Self-sabotage, self-destruction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Self-destruction is a real thing.
0: Super real, but it's... (laughs) I mean, I I only say that because I am a viscerally self-destructive human. There's many reasons why that could be happening. Sure. I mean, I just feel like there's... It's to what you said. There's a point. We're here. Why? Why?
1: What's There's- making it work so well? Right. When's the other shoe gonna drop?
0: Right. And it's self destruction.
1: Well we create yeah, we, we, we end we up create- we end up reacting to that thought right. and we, then we, we create self destruct.
0: That, yeah. that moment of self destruction, that yeah. controlled chaos that we can control, but we feel like this chaos is needed.
1: It's comfortable. It's safe. It's what I'm used to. Right. Oh man, I relate to that so well. So do I, man. And that and and, and, and you know, I, I I look at my wife and I say. I don't understand. Yeah. And we've been together for eleven years. Good for you, correct. Yeah, thank you. And I'm remarried, by the way. Oh. Yeah. And uh And I'm like, I don't fucking get it. And you know what? It takes a big person to say, okay, I understand why you don't get it. I'll explain it to you again. Right. But you got to reach a point where you have to just accept it. Right. Because I fucking love you. And that is a, that's a milestone. That's like a, oh, fuck. Okay. Well.
0: Okay, but it goes back to the accepting of love and the so on and so forth. Yeah, sure. You need to train yourself to be... Well, I mean, some people are born with that. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, It could be ingrained in them from young. But it's like... For me personally, I don't find it like a
1: very normal trait. I question...
0: Every single thing that happens on a daily basis.
1: As do I, my friend.
0: Every single thing. Why yeah. did this happen? Why? Yeah. What's the cause and effect here? What's What's going to happen from this? What did I do to cause this? Who caused this? Did I cause this? Did someone else yeah. cause this? What can okay. I do to fuck it up? What can I do to unfuck it? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do to unfuck this? Right, right, right. right. It's... And this is what I mean, like, mental health in the industry is one thing. Mental health in general is such, such a broad and, like, very personal. And this is why, like, I have so many issues with what's used daily as
1: mental health,
0: love, just chaos, structure struggle like maybe it's from our time period maybe it's from the way that we're brought up maybe it's from like like the fact that life is different now than it was before like I don't know man it's just it's a very interesting space like I'm a dog at the end of the day right Like when I say that like I work the line, I'm a dog when I work the line, I talk shit I have a good time, I'm very aggressive like the whole thing when I work next to people or around people that just aren't comfortable in that space, I have a hard time understanding right, because I'm so comfortable there and I've tried to gain perspective of like okay, so why do you struggle here because it's hard life is hard doesn't matter what you pick up unless you're going to be a meter maid, which are like pretty much like, I don't know. I don't know if you could find an easier job, but like, unless you're a meter maid, like life is tough. You're going to, you're going to have um, things that you have to overcome.
3: Yeah.
0: So whether it's here or somewhere else, there will be issues that you need to overcome.
5: Yeah.
1: I just think, in summary, when we get comfortable with the fact that... This sounds bizarre. Even I love the, bizarre. Even in the worst-case scenarios, everybody did the best they could with what they knew around you.
2: Oh. Woo! Amen to that.
1: And it created something in you. Whatever that created needs to be processed. And it's your responsibility to process that. That's mental health. It's saying, you know, I was giving the example of the 35 and up guys that everything's fine. 10 minutes into the session, they're crying. Right. It's... Understanding that we all have that point. We all have that sad point, that pressure point, that trigger point, And it needs to be discussed.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: When I am talking to a man who is facing the eyes of divorce and he has kids. And I say, hey, can I disclose something of myself? One of the worst moments of my life was saying goodnight to my children and me leaving to another house. tough my ex-wife and i have a modern family relationship we get along wonderfully she's pregnant now in her second marriage my current wife planned her gender reveal party it's that kind of relationship everything is fine we love yes. it it's great we have fun it's a great time
2: however Good for you
1: it doesn't take away from that experience of saying goodnight to your children and you're closing the door but you're not in the house right And having that moment with a person and saying, hey, by the way, this is an awful feeling. And having a guy break down in front of you and saying, fuck, that is exactly what I'm going through. And having the person realize you have shit that you need to process. And it doesn't have to be that example, but people need to realize that we all have shit. No one gets away with it. Right. And we all have to process that. So when the moment that all of us can get okay with that, which we're getting closer, by the way, we're, we're mental health, COVID really helped with that. Mental health is not so stigmatized anymore and it's really helped, you know, whatever. People are really making more of an effort to do something about it. The moment we realize that, everybody can be vulnerable. Right. The moment we become vulnerable, we become open to receive information, to create change, to create Differences in the way we look at ourselves, the way we talk about ourselves to ourselves or to ourselves about ourselves, however you want to look at it. And now you create function. Now you create a way of being okay with where you're at and moving forward. It's the magic of it, man. But there's got to be a willingness. This by far has been the
0: best Pankom Podcast episode we've ever had.
2: I just want to make a note of the fact that there's only one person out on this terrace with headphones on, so the experience of you saying all that deep shit while I'm getting Mike's burps in my ears, (laughs) pretty fucking special, and I really hope that all of our listeners enjoy that part of this. (laughs) Sure. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) I blame John
0: Falco for the burp.
1: Yeah. It's all Falco's fault. So,
0: I feel like... I can probably talk about this for two more hours, but I'm not going to hold you here for two more hours. <laughs> so,
1: we may have a part two. Bring me back. I know where to find you. <laughs> That's for sure.
2: Near, near the Croquetas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: just not on Mondays. Right. Right. It's not on Mondays. Right. Um, Nick, I think we can. I, I think we can agree that we found a place that we probably should have a part two because. I can honestly have this conversation for another four hours.
2: Yeah. I, I say we do it soon. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm down. In the meantime, in the meantime, I gotta take right a, a in the meantime break. piss break. Huh? You want to take a piss break too? You feeling man, good? You're a, t- a champ. Yeah, sure, camel. Man. man. Like a camel. Well, the is getting a little free ad space from us. This is us uh, giving back to. Cuba they're uh, getting all the love they deserve that's right so they gave us some talking points here I'm gonna read them but yeah. we're gonna do a little bit of riffing
0: all right yeah cool you read them
2: though did you know Michael that the last free and fair elections in Cuba were held more than 70 years ago that's one of the least shocking statements I've ever heard too many years yeah Cuba wants to change Cubans deserve to be free citizens with equal opportunities for all Cuba Decide is a citizen initiative that is working toward a prosperous and happy Cuba where all citizens are equal under the law and have equal access to opportunities for improvement, a democracy in which our right to choose and be chosen is respected. Mike, we had Rosa Maria Payá, uh, founder of Cuba Decide, on the podcast. Um, You know, and and it's a topic obviously that uh, is is important to the two of us and you had a lot to say about um, how... The being denied those rights all this time plays into your mission uh, sure. with Ariadne and Chugs. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think the the fact that we haven't, as I think a community, as a culture, as being Cubans and Cuban-Americans, the fact that we haven't had an opportunity to grow, haven't had the opportunity to progress and to be really who we are, has really shaped a lot of what I decided to like my personal mission to be. And meeting people like Rosa Maria and like several others like her in this process have nothing but uh, solidified that that goal for me and to know that I think one thing I think it it also happens a lot in our like in our age group um, feeling like you're alone in that process feeling like that you you're the only one that kind of feels uh, I guess a sense of being lost um, because you don't really know where you came from, why you're here, all those things. But in reality, there's other people living the same kind of life and not only living that life, fighting to change what history has um, just kind of made it to be so, right? Because it's like 70 plus years without free election. After a while, people just forget that there was ever a free election and that things should be a certain way. And there's other people fighting that fight to make sure that this doesn't stay that way. Right.
2: So like you said, there are people who are fighting to make sure that it doesn't stay that way. And that's one of the kind of, uh, not a paradox, but one of the contradictions, right? That we've been shaped by this reality that none of us want to see continue. Right. Uh, so what I see a wide initiative that includes Cubans on the island and around the world, along with international friends who together work tirelessly to achieve a peaceful change. They fight for a democratic Cuba and are closer than ever to achieving that goal. So what's the strategy? It's the peaceful mobilization of Cubans and the international community, putting pressure so that the people can live in a democratic system and be free. You can follow Cuba Decide, that's Cuba Decide, it means Cuba Decides in, in Spanish, Cuba Decide in all social media platforms at Cuba Decide. That's Cuba, D-E-C-I-D-E, Cuba Decide, Cuba Decide, to learn more or join Cuba Decide and donate at cubadeside.org slash donations. The funds raised go to train promoters, recharge cell phones, meaning uh, to keep cell phones active and connected to the internet, uh, produce promotional materials on the island, generate international support, and much more. So go to cubadeside.org slash donations. If you put Kong podcast in the memo field in the donate in the donations that will signal to them that that money should go to keeping phones in Cuba connected to uh, the internet. Brought to you by
0: Pig Ink Apparel. Pig Ink Apparel was started in two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Okay. that's an actual statement. It was started okay. in two thousand twelve. Um, I was sitting at a bar having a drink, and then I drew this like logo very poorly on a napkin, and I drew a name on a napkin. And the entire purpose of uh, starting this apparel line uh, was because when my family came here from Cuba, the uh, what sustained them financially was making clothes. Okay. So my grandmother, she's a G and like a super hustler, and she got on consignment like a 1,000 yards of jean And she bought, she made a deal with a friend, uh, her and my grand grandfather made a deal with a friend to like pay off the sewing machine. And then they put it in their house and my, uh, aunt, uncle, and mother with my grandparents started sewing jeans and then they started selling said jeans. And then from that company, um, my grandmother started a company with my father called H&D Fashions and we did textiles forever. Um, 25 plus years until sadly the company closed. We had, um, two factories in the Dominican Republic and one here in Miami. And that's really what sustained my like childhood. I grew up in, um, in clothing factories my entire life. You know, like it's a very interesting place to be in. It's like these weird, like gigantic shelves of just huge rolls of fabric. And then these gigantic, uh, tables of, uh, ladies cutting, shirts, and then going from one place to the next, and then going all the way down this like conveyor belt to like the ones that would sew it, and then they would sew it, and then they would print it, and they would do the whole thing, and it's just like what I grew up with, so it was a small thing that in 2012, uh, which I had no business doing because I had like zero money to actually make it like an actual thing, um, I was like, you know, I just want to come up with some like cool designs that are lifestyle, food-oriented, chef-oriented that aren't so chachi. And, um, you see a lot of the chachi food stuff, like, um, uh, your radishes are wild. Like we, we don't do stuff like that. So, you know, we're making like a hard comeback. Our, um, um, my partners and I have decided to reinvigorate the brand and bring it back. Our logo lives on within our hospitality company and, uh, obviously through the merchandise line. And we just, dropped our website within the last three weeks and we have some great designs that some local guys helped me do. Um, they're all, I think, super dope. And, you know, it ranges everything from like work shirts. Um, when I say work shirts, it's actually the shirts that my staff wears to work to, you know, cooler designs and nicer fabrics and nicer shirts that you can wear out and kind of like hang out in for Mm -hmm. the day. But, you know, Pig Inc. has always been like a passion project for me. Um, it's always been something that's never been for money or whatever. It's more of just like the story, and I think it's cool, and I think it's fun. And um, there's a way to help people within the process, too. And I think that, you know, what we're doing with see Sida and what we've done with other people in the past and probably what we'll continue to do in the future with donating to charities and... um overall I, I think it's i think it's a cool thing
2: good shit. so when pigs fly mia.com that's where you get all of that stuff do you have like a personal favorite item if you could only have one i honestly you, you could only have one for yourself
0: i i mean i think it's cuz i'm super biased because i love the original Ariette shirt so the new shirt that we're dropping for um, you know cool de see this probably my favorite one that i wear the most um So, I think that that's super dope. Um, The Reservoir Pigs one is, like, very cool, too. I'm a big fan of the hats, like, the beanie I'm wearing right now. Um, You know, I like very simple, like, designs. So, I don't, like, there's, it's never going to be a lot lot of things happening. It's usually pretty simple. But, yeah, I would say those are my favorite things. The dad hats are my favorite. Like, the khaki khaki dad hat is, like, is... Super dope. Yeah. Um,
2: The jersey has been in a rap video.
0: Yeah. I mean, the jersey is very cool. The the area jersey, the Chugs varsity jacket is also very dope. Um, There's really not many of those, but uh, they will be going to reprint soon. So, you know, I mean, it's really like, I feel terrible saying this, but it's like pretty much everything I wear every day. So I like them all. Right. Yeah.
2: All right. WhenPigsFlyMIA.com. That's it. Go buy some shit. Go give Mike all your money. Yeah, all of it. Very good. Yep. And we're back after that
0: commercial break on
2: Pancom Podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, this is where we do our wind down, which always starts with parting recommendations. This is where everybody recommends a thing that people listening should could be literally anything as long as it's not your own. Something they should eat, read, watch, uh, do, a place they should go, whatever at all.
0: I feel like we recently discussed something that I should recommend. No?
2: I mean, that's just vague enough. Perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what... Uh, I, I don't know. We've discussed many things. It's been... Yeah. You know. Oh, no. You don't even understand. He's referring to the last, like... 14 days of text messages uh, oh really yeah he thinks that what he said is gonna nick is in my top 10 is re- he really yeah i respond oh, to his text <laughs> terrifying. <in> <laughs> I it. It. It's terrifying i love it it's it's i love how that's
1: the <laughs> thing yes that's that, yeah, that uh, you're in my, my 10, yeah. in my top 10 bro yeah
2: didn't t-mobile have like a like a six or a seven
1: yes dude they right? did actually yeah, yeah they yeah. did try to yeah 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 yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. there is the nick you're in my top 10 oh man exciting yeah um so anyway, uh, if you have a recommendation you want to make, or you could pass it off if you want to give yourself some time to think about it. No, no. I mean, I, I think that the
1: one of the key essential books to read is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I think that's okay. uh, that's key. I think that's just a, one of those books that everybody should read, especially to understand the whole concept of an internal focus of control. So, yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, it's like a heavy recommendation. Are you watching like a show that sucks that people could enjoy? A show that sucks? You don't, you don't
2: like his recommendation? No, I do.
0: I just, I want to know if there's more. Like if there's like another, like, does the very, like, do you watch shitty television?
1: Man, I barely watch television. But I- if I do. Okay, here we go. Ted Lasso. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. That's I just good. watched Ted Lasso. And I watch it over and over yeah. and over. I mean I just finished Squid Games. Ugh. But uh but Ted Lasso that. is Ted Lasso's where it's at.
0: Okay. I tried twi- Squid Games, I couldn't do it.
2: Yeah. Mike, any recommendations?
0: Um So In a very like early morning that I couldn't sleep, I put on Mad Max, the one with uh Charlie Sterren and uh Tom Hardy. I good watched one. that all the way through. It was very good.
3: All right.
0: I enjoyed it. Uh you could saw you like you saw the parts that they were like catering to like the 3D theater thing, which obviously I didn't have at home.
1: Cinematic porn. Cinematic porn. Skinamax. Yes. Which we referenced <laughs> earlier.
0: <laughs> Skinamax. Yeah. Um so I guess that's, like, my only recommendation, really.
2: All okay. Right. I'm going to recommend a, uh, a YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, it's Channel 5 with Andrew Callahan. Uh-huh. Um, it used to be called... This is kind of old news. Like, Vice did a profile of this guy. Uh, but he has a YouTube channel called Channel 5. Um, and he does some, like, really weird documentary style interview stuff. This is coming to mind because I recently uh, shared uh, a small clip from a video he did during spring break of 2020 in Miami Beach. Oh, wow. yeah. But the guy lives in an RV and he like travels all over the country so he was doing like a lot of man on the street interviews but like very sort of like off the wall kind of focus on the craziest aspects of whatever the big story is. So he'll go to like Sturgis or... Uh, the riots in uh, in Kenosha, uh, all over the place. And it's just, like, it's entertaining. It's enlightening. It's, like, it's also this kind of, like, underbelly of these events that you don't get in the news. Um, so, just, like, very kind of intense, entertaining YouTube stuff. Um, all right. And, and for me, anyway, kind of an example of, like, somebody who's, out doing like a whatever like a very independent individual like this is the thing that i find interesting and it's found an audience thing uh so channel five with andrew callahan um and now shameless plugs tell everybody where they can find you what you know plug your own stuff
1: oh shit all right um hmm okay so my name is carlos escanilla Uh right And it's E-S-C-A-N-I-L-L-A. Yeah. It's not Escamilla, which is a very common last name in Mexico. It's Escanilla with an N as in Nancy, right? L-I-L-L-A. And you can find me at Carlos on Instagram at Carlos.Escanilla or my music page, which is at Carlos305Music. And um, all my links are there. That's about it, man. Cool
2: shameless plugs all the things all the things this is where we play our shot a all the things music all that one of our listeners things. made for us um maybe we'll play the long version we have like a three minute long version of all the things oh man. i love Sade.
0: all the things i still gotta recommend all my shit i mean we've, been, we've done this 80 times already all the things all the
3: things all the things all the things.
0: All the things.
2: Oh this is whole, you you're be careful, you might talk your way into another two hours of conversation here. You I love mean, Sade? Yes,
0: dude. Man, I love Sade.
1: Man. I mean. We we used to do like
0: Sade Saturdays in the kitchen. Really? Yeah, that it was only Sade. That's all we played for like five hours of prep.
3: Listen, <laughs>
0: you play this <laughs> Hang on to your love. Yeah, I mean, she. Yellow. Is- there it is. I yeah. can't do. I can't do that. But she is the queen. She is the real queen. She is the absolute queen. Yep.
2: Yep. Shameless
0: plugs. Listen to all the shoddy shit that you absolutely can. Yep. When are you? When are you going to release this thing? I don't know. Okay.
1: When I play no ordinary what? love. You have a date in mind? No, oh, because
0: yeah. uh, like I so. I'm traveling to Napa Valley on Monday, okay. And I'm doing a seminar at the Culinary Institute of America, which is very stressful. Uh, I'm doing two different talks about things, which I've talked to Nick about that I need some help with some of these talks because it's about like evolution of Cuban cuisine to fine dining. That's one of them, and then the other one is more like fodder of like what do you do during COVID, which is just survive. I don't know. There's not much more to talk right, about. Right, right, right. But in that um, thing of, like, making flights and all that stuff, I changed one of my flights simply so I could go see New Deco Ensemble next Friday with Anthony Hamilton, which is one of my favorite artists of all time because he is, like, He's got one of the most incredible voices I have heard since Shadé. It's just like a. Yeah. He is a fucking. Like you don't hear voices like that at yeah. all unless you're talking about Otis Redding, Al Green. You gotta you
1: come can't. to one of my shows. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. I was <laughs> just, just joking. It's, it's a, big joke. Words. It's a <laughs> joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Live at
0: Lincoln's Beer. Well, I mean. you always,
1: obviously haven't come to one of my shows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all I'm saying is, yeah, like, um, Shade is the queen.
1: She is amazing. But, I mean, now it matters
0: whether you release this within the next five days or not.
2: Well, probably not. Uh, finally, shameless plugs, com slash panconpodcast. Boop, we're boop. At panconpodcast on all the social media things. If you want to support the things that we're doing around here, it's patreon.com slash Dade, Mag, D-A-D-E-M-A-G, for as little as a buck a month. Quickfire. Or as much as 15 bucks a month. Give us all your money. Give yeah. us all your money. If you give us 15 a month, we'll send you coffee every month. Yeah. I'll send yeah. huh. you coffee in the mail every month.
1: Either way, you'd be a smooth operator. Oh, my God. Smooth
3: <laughs> operator. Damn. So good. Coast to coast and.
2: <laughs> um, I already said I'm like musically defunct. So Donate your money. <laughs> give all the money. Uh, and if you are on Patreon, if you are contributing on Patreon, you will have access Oof. to this lightning round that you're about to hear. Thank you, Carlos, for joining us. Uh, and this is where we cut it off.